0: What's happening, y'all? This is Todd Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today, we have uh, Air Force veteran, husband, father, what is it, a head coach of Campbell Hall, former Division I uh, coach Mm -hmm. uh, at UCLA, Oregon Mm -hmm. State, Vanderbilt, I feel like, oh, San Francisco, Mm -hmm. and what was the first one? Sacramento State. Sacramento State, I was close. I almost had them all. Mm -hmm. High school uh, school down in Arizona. Mm -hmm. You guys, Mr. David Gregory. Right. Thank you, bro. Thanks for coming on the thanks show. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. We love to start this show off with the Wall of Hoop movies. Yes. Your favorite hoop movie of all time and uh,
1: why? I got two, and they're right next to each other it's Coach Carter and Blue Chips. And it's a lot like, you know, that's not my life, but I lived it. You know what yeah. I mean? And with Coach Carter, obviously a high school coach, and Blue Chips as a recruiter and, and a coach in the, at the Division One level. So those are my two. So um, you ever bought a tractor for a player to go <laughs> no. to a house? Okay, well, but you know what? There's a kid that he actually went to Purdue, and we called him Big Country, mm-hmm. and he would call me, and every time he called me, said I just got finished um, cutting grass. So I'm like, he's cutting a small yard. No, he's cutting the field. Oh wow! So I went and I was at UCLA at the time, and I went and took a picture of the field right outside Pauley and at the time it was an AstroTurf now it's AstroTurf I said man you can cut this one all right we, when you come here we'll let you cut this one so he didn't end up coming but no nah, I'm not I wasn't into paying we yeah. didn't have to pay back you know for right. me so right. no absolutely yeah uh, and then uh coach Carter style man I
0: always struggle mm-hmm. with this with this generation of kids yeah. right the yes coach no coach yes the sir right yeah and, and for military that's yeah. you have to that's mandatory right, right. Um, how do you do you do that with your kids now um
1: it's a blend you know you got to really let them know you love them so once you get that with them that you really care and you still have to be do the discipline but i'm i'm the type of coach that's going to tell you the truth and i think it 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 resonates with our kids because i've seen the truth i've been there where they're trying to go so they know that i'm there to help them get there but i'm not going to let them fail getting there so I gotta tell them the truth. So that's where I am, but it's different than Coach Carter. Carter is a little bit, you know, that's movie right, ethics right. and you know, you can't do the Bobby Knight style and, and you know, you just gotta really show them you love them and care and have fun with them. You know, we took them to my, I took them to my house, you know, they get to see my how I interact with my family and they got yeah. to see the other side of a coach too and, and to know that I really care about them. I tell them I love them, you know, cause I do and yeah. we spend lot of time together so right. it's it's they see it and it's you know i'm i'm not trying to emulate coach carter i enjoyed the movie mm-hmm. um you know it was it's based on a real true story up in richmond um near berkeley where i used to coach at, at cal but um i i just love the discipline that he had
0: yeah absolutely yeah. That was that's the yeah. environment i was raising so yeah. i i love it i'm a When I coach, that's how I am. And so, you know, uh, it's an acquired taste nowadays, though. It sure is. uh,
1: So when did you fall in love with basketball? Oh, man, I can't remember. Four (laughs) four or five years old, my dad introduced me. My dad's a basketball junkie and a sports junkie. So when we were growing up, we played basketball during basketball season, football during football season, baseball during baseball season. So I loved all three. And And I was probably the best at baseball. But i just fell in love with basketball and acc basketball john lucas mm-hmm. played at maryland i grew up in maryland i was uh, young enough but old enough to watch him play oh, wow. and his teams were very good and you know my dad being a basketball junkie or a sports junkie we didn't miss any of those games on tv when they came on tv and we watched the entire game and then talked about it afterwards and i was young so when i met john and I know his sons, obviously, uh, I always told him, you're the reason why I love basketball. And so we have a pretty good relationship. So it's, it's not every day you get to meet the guy that kind of influenced you. So yeah.
0: No, 100%. I think sports is the one place that you can really do that. You can find a person and they make you fall in love with the game itself right. because of how they play, how they operate. It. Right, and it's, right. Like, that's what we're trying to do now as coaches. Very true. It's like, hey this is how you fall in like, look how much I love this game as a coach. Right,
1: right, right. Love it the same way. And he a was a PG and I played yeah. PG. So I always try to emulate him, you know what I mean? And uh, I wasn't the greatest athlete as he was, you know, he's a big time tennis player too. And um, so, but I'd always try to dime him out and get your teammates involved. And, and I try to relay that to our kids. Absolutely, so yeah.
0: what was your basketball, I'm gonna say career <laughs> as a, as in, the youth, in, uh-huh. in the youth phase for you? Um, you know, um, I read up a little on you, so you mm-hmm. grew up in kind of a military background yeah. with the family and all that. And then, um, you know, what was basketball? You said mm-hmm. you played it during the season. Was yeah. there training? Did you have some coaches that kind of taught you the game?
1: Um, you know, I learned on the playground. You know, when we played, we learned on the playground. And we always looked up to the guys that were ahead of us. And we had to, for, our, for order for us to stay on the court, we had to learn how to win. Yeah, and. Uh, and then because you lose, you're going to set. So um, so that's where I really learned it. I learned it from the guys that were ahead of me. And um, some of them became pros. And, and so that's where I, I really grasped it. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. And then, so no AAU? Uh, no, there wasn't AAU back then. I went to three different high schools in three different states. and oh, wow. So I, I was in the transport portal early. But um, <laughs> it was due to my stepfather's was in the military. My father lives in Maryland. So... Um, uh, I never got on long enough to get it. You know, I I was um, going to walk on in Northwestern State in Louisiana, um, and I think I was that level, that good. And um, but my mom talked me into joining the military, so I went that route instead. And I played in the military, played overseas, and uh, had a great, great military career, as you would say. playing, playing hoops.
0: so awesome. So what is that like? What does um, basketball look like in the military? You know, there's kids out there, I'm sure that have. No, that is an option. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to go to the military. I know there's yeah. the Air Force the schools that you yeah. are, uh, can play, at, but there's mm-hmm. also sports within mm-hmm. the the service as well. Well,
1: well, back then it was a lot of former Division One players joined the military. Back then it was a lot of, you know, D2s, D3s, and it was basketball was good. So you go they, every every base has a gym, so you go play pickup. That's a high level game, mm. you know, especially on Saturdays when everybody's off. And, um, well, most everybody. And then you had the base level games. You have um, post or our base level and then the Air Force level. You know, we played, I played on base teams. We played junior colleges. We played, when I was overseas, we played pro teams. Right. You know, so it was a great schedule. Travel, you know, it was almost like you were in the, in the, in, the, in college. You know, you're getting fed, you're getting paid. You know what I mean? Yeah, had so, a coach and everything. Yeah, a coach like, and everything. Like, they still do. Wow. Yeah, Luke Air Force Base in in uh, Phoenix just won. They have a league, like the, all those and all the um, bases play against each other. Army, Navy, everybody. And um, the head coach, um, uh, Paris Daniels, was my assistant coach last year on my high school team. So and oh, he was wow. the base base coach. You That's know dope. what I mean? So it's, it's. I took my AAU team, Arizona Magic, a long time ago. Played against the base team. So they play everybody because there's no. You know they're not under no yeah. yeah restrictions. So a lot of junior colleges play. So oh, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um,
0: did uh, playing in that space of basketball at that time, did you
1: ever think you would be a coach? Never, never. How <laughs> I became a coach was just by luck. You know what I mean? I was I was thought I was going to be a college ref because I finished playing. I started refing overseas. Mm. I was the president of the whole organization while i was in, in um, turkey and then i came back to um, virginia got stationed at, at langley air force base right where boo williams is and mm. and my supervisor was telling me my responsibilities and he had a plaque on the wall a boo williams plaque mm. and i had the same kind of plaque it wasn't boo williams but then he said hey man do you coach i need assistant coach i said oh, i'm gonna ref, and he asked me again as my supervisor he said come on down and I went down. He was coaching the twelve-year-olds. He had them in practice jerseys, all same sneakers, same socks. Practice plan. I'm like, this is more than parking rack. I thought it was parking rack. He said, Boo Williams. I ain't know who Boo was. Right, right, right. And then, uh, so I started coaching with him, and I got the bug. So that's how I got into coaching. Wow. Yeah. Because just yeah. trying to trying to uh, appease the supervisor yeah. a little bit, like, hey, yeah. let's rock. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so I was so happy. He loved basketball. So we used to talk hoops every day at work. So it was it was good. And then I I got to uh, he told me, he said, Man, in April Boo Williams has this tournament and Dean Smith's gonna come, that's when he was still living, and Mike Sheseski and and uh, Big John Thompson and I said, Man, that ain't gonna happen. So it's like the the OG Boo Williams yeah.
0: classic or is it educational yeah. is it it's, called? They yeah. still have it yes, every right, year on the
1: right. EYBL. Mm-hmm. Um and it was before the EYBL, obviously it's nineteen ninety seven. Okay. And I go to Holland Hall on Hampton University. That's where they had it. And um, here comes John Thompson. Here comes everybody. The whole, every college coach in America was there. I didn't even leave the gym. And they would start games like 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. It was, wasn't as organized as it is now. Like 1 a.m.? Yeah, because the stuff would get behind. You know, they would start games late in the evenings. It, <laughs> crazy. Was, it was crazy back then. <laughs> A little yeah. Wild Wild West. Yeah, I mean. the coaches could talk to the kids, could talk to the mm. So when I became a AAU coach, um, the coaches, the college coaches would meet me at the at the bench and start talking. They couldn't talk to the kid doing the thing, but they can talk to the coach. So they're like, Hey man, your kid is big time and my kid would be standing right beside him, but he's talking <laughs> to me. And he's sitting on the bench right before the game, then they leave and then they changed all that the rules right, changed right. yeah so it's it crazy, crazy. That, yeah.
0: why did they change the rules I don't know that, like let them yeah. let them be recruited yeah. like because hey, be people break them <laughs> right that's right. why they changed them right yeah, yeah 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 um so during your time serving in the air force um I'm sure I, and I the things that you learned within the mm. air force the discipline the structure yeah. you know the responsibility and all those things how did that translate into your
1: coaching career I was telling the kids the day of practice. I said, "Discipline. You gotta have discipline. Any, any, anywhere you go, you gotta have discipline if you're gonna be successful, long term." And um, I told them I had to have my shoes, boots shined. You know, in basic training, you have um, at least when I went through, you have this drawer in your drawer. You have to have handkerchiefs, so many inches squared, and it can't be. Can't be an inch and a half can't be nothing and i always wondered it had to be a perfect square and um i wondered i said why are they making us do that that's the discipline that's taking care of the small things because you don't want to blow up the airplane if doing your job so um that's where i learned the discipline you know i couldn't i told the kids today i couldn't just call in sick if you're sick, you got to go see the doctor. The doctor determines if you're going to go home or not. So for 20 years, I rarely had a sick day, hmm. you know, unless I was really sick. Then I go to the doctor. The doctor tell me I got to go home. That's discipline. You know what I mean? I'm not just saying, I don't feel good. I'm not going to go in today. You know, so discipline. just being on time. Wh- yeah. Wh- with
0: your stepfather being in the military, did he kind of instill some of that in you growing up as well
1: before yeah. you got
0: to the Air Force, or was it?
1: Yeah, my, my father was actually in a little bit, too. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, my stepfather, my mom, it was always discipline in the house, you know, yeah. but in a loving way, right, you know. Right. When Back then, if it was 5 o'clock dinner, you had to be there at 5 o'clock, right. you know, or I'll, you know, they'll let you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. When it's time to be in the house, you had to be in the house. It was no negotiation. You know so i tell my players be on time you know my assistant coaches be on time because that's big for me yeah. you know because that shows me that you care showing me that you want to be there and it creates discipline for them for what they want to do in their life
0: uh, do you find it tough to instill that discipline in some of the kids mm-hmm. even though they may not have that kind of discipline at home yeah that's
1: that's a, that's the key you know what i mean but the one thing i have the carrot of the basketball Okay, and um, they know that in order to play, they have to have discipline, you know, so they rise to the occasion. <laughs> I got a young man in my skills class that um, struggles behavior-wise, because it's just, you know, that's just his personality. But in my class, he does it. Right. So that tells me if you don't have to do it in my class, then you shouldn't do it in another class. And we're real big on the whole person concept. So when I talked to the mom, I said, look here, we know he has some behavioral issues, but he don't do it in my class. So we got to keep the standard like I have in my class. Yes. And he'll come up to it, and he has. And he got uncomfortable. And I tell parents all the time, the greatest um, growth in most humans is why you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I tell the parents, just relax, let them be uncomfortable. You always want to come in and rescue. Don't rescue. Let them be uncomfortable, and that's where they get their growth. And I told it to to his parent, and she got it, and he's grown so much. Now he's doing well, and next year he'll have a chance to play varsity. And he doesn't go to the principal's office anymore. So that's that's how you do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just a little bit at a time, that detail and that extra care Mm -hmm. that it took to, like you said, look at Mm him holistically. And just give him what was given to you That's right. and the discipline and, That's and it. the partnership with the parent mm-hmm. is so key, especially in this basketball world, mm-hmm. where the parent thinks they know everything. Right. Uh, sorry, I've talked to the parents a lot on the show, but yeah. where they think they know everything. Right. Um, but allowing you to give some insight mm-hmm. about how to raise their kid and right. give them some you know,
1: right. I think we all I mean
0: and you have six six kids of yourself, right? Yes, so right. you've done this yeah, before done a couple of times. And so that, Yeah.
1: So I, I tell them I speak from uh From experience and trial and error. You know, I haven't always been the greatest parent either. You know, I said, you know, when your child comes to you uncomfortable, what what do you do? You go rescue That's what we all do, including me as a parent. Parent, we have that instilled in us. We go help and rescue our kids, but you can't. You gotta let them fail. Gotta let them fail. Gotta let them grow. Gotta let them be uncomfortable. You know, I have that right now with, with our team, a couple of kids that are tremendous basketball players, but they also have um things that they need to work on to prepare them for the next level and i was blessed to be able to be at that next level so i know what it looks like so i'm trying to get them there so not only that they get there they play and not go in that transfer portal you go in the transfer portal with no stats you might not come out of it so right. i, I want to get them there and prepare them and have them ready for uh success up there so Absolutely. that's what it's all about right 100 yeah. 100 love that
0: thank you the uh, okay, so you're with Boo Williams. Yes. What's the next transition um, from your coaching? So, well,
1: I was with Boo and uh, loved every minute of it. Then I got promoted, I'm in the Air Force, they're downsizing, so mm. they're making me cross train into another career field, which was a blessing at the time. I, I was crushed, and um, they tell me I got to go to Luke Air Force Base in Phoenix,
0: mm. and I've never been west of Louisiana,
1: so um. And I just thought, Boo, and by that time, I wanted to be a college coach. Okay. I had, had the dream to be a college coach, and Boo was going to help me get there. you know. And he was a great mentor of mine. So I get, I get the assignment to Phoenix, and I go in Boo's office. And I said, Boo, you know, I really appreciate all you've done for me. And uh, he took a liking to me. I used to come to my games, um, I said, you think I can be a Division One coach? And he said, Coach grades, man, you know, what I mean? people come in my office and ask me that question, I usually kick them right back out because they don't understand the discipline. They don't understand the grind. They don't understand you have to have a great love for it to be successful at the college level. He said, but you do. He said, I'm going to help you. He said, but you got to get your degree. I didn't have my degree then. And I said, I promise you I'll get my degree. So I go out to um, Phoenix, I get a divorce, I get full custody of my children, and I still was able to get my degree. And, um, and then become a high school coach, AAU coach, and have some success, and then ultimately led to my dream. And uh, couldn't have done it without Boo, couldn't have done it without guys like A. and Ammo runs Compton Magic, was our team that we coached was Arizona Magic, and then I actually coached the Compton Magic from Phoenix, um Tope would fly me in or we'd meet you know yeah. in vegas or stuff like that so people like that and um, have helped me along the way a lot of people man that's awesome what yeah. what was the
0: what was the key to your success going through a traumatic time divorce mm. is a traumatic time yeah so how or why right yeah. um, being a father, having mm-hmm. full custody, yeah, having a new job in yeah. a new place that you've never been, yeah, and getting your degree.
1: Yeah, taking lunchtime classes, <laughs> um, taking evening classes, yeah, being where the ball was dribbling, you know, to, mm. to, to make a name for myself. Not much sleep. You know, um, a lot of people see uh, coast Grace at UCLA, but they don't see the grind to get there. You know, and um, so, you know, just working hard, put my nose down, and treating people right, and um, trying to outwork everybody, but do it in a way where it's organic, yeah. and um, um, and then raising my children, you know. And it's uh, it's it's looking back on it, it's like wow, how I do it, you know. <laughs> but I think the greatest thing was basketball was my therapy, you know, because I love to be able to help and teach others, and that got me through the divorce. It got me through. Um, being, being a father, you know, especially when they became high school mm-hmm. uh, age. And I was a, a high school teacher when I retired from the Air Force. And they would, when they were freshmen, they didn't come around me. And then when they were seniors or juniors, uh, and, and my other son was young, but um, they wouldn't leave my, my office, uh, my room, right. Yeah, <laughs> my classroom. Yeah. So to see all of that and look back on it was uh, wow. Like we was able to get it done so man that's awesome yeah
0: man. um and so were you coaching at the
1: same time of getting your degree mm-hmm. as well yeah i was coaching at you man i was a freshman <laughs> coach at trevor brown Got high you. school um my supervisor uh, ron goodwin another mentor of mine um allowed me to come in early at work and then get off early to go down and be the freshman coach um at trevor brown we had very good teams uh, and then i started with the arizona magic and um we Had really good, you know, the Jared Bayless years, Jared Bayless years. Oh man, yeah, I Lewis Thomas, yes. yeah, 10 I years remember. in the league, you know. Yeah. And we hit, we hit it just right where we had talent, right? You know, because back then Arizona would have some talent, they not as many, especially all oh, before the prep schools got there. And then you know, they had the Mike Bibby years, and then it would go down and then it back up. So we hit it just right where we had a lot of talent, nice. Lawrence Hill. Stanford, I mean, we could go on to this. My, one year, the whole team was D1. So, and we had great success. So, to any that, right. Any memor- like,
0: memorable mm. moments in games when you're playing with that team in a Vegas mm. tournament or anything? Anything yeah. that really stands
1: out? Um, coming to Los Angeles and playing in um, Dinos' event at the Warrior Center down in Anaheim, um, near, near Disneyland. And... Um, we beat all the california teams, which was unheard of mm. now we didn't play them all but we beat 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 all the top ones that were in that event i think we won five games over the weekend and that was unheard of in phoenix so i'm coming out of phoenix so we came back you know chest tailed high and we, we we thought we arrived after that because that's not easy to do with all the talent in this 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 uh city so, no not, not yeah, in very difficult california, right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then uh as you're, you already have this uh you already know you want to be a college coach right. at this point and so you know you're you're coaching investing into these the high school kids aau mm. circuit what are you doing uh to prepare yourself like mentally mm. or networking wise socially yeah. to step into that college yeah
1: race? when i was an aau coach um and high school coach um, especially aau when we played the other team i went over and tried to get to know the coach most people would say, that's my rival, I don't want to talk to him, we're playing against him, try to beat him, don't like him, and stuff like that. I was trying to get to know him because I said, hey, when I become a D1 coach, I might need one of the players. Yes. So I was really trying to network wherever I went and trying to get people to, uh, or trying to get to really know him and not, not do, it. I do it organically, you know what I mean, and really care about people, and, and that helped me later, later down the road.
0: Yeah. no I, I remember the first time I met you was <laughs> Sky I think when Sky was somewhere yeah, like that yeah. I think that's where we connected and um mm-hmm. like you said it was very organic yeah we became Facebook friends we old y'all. yeah Facebook friends yeah. but like you know would we'll comment like stuff uh. and like just off of meeting you one time and anytime I ever text yeah. you or called you or anything yeah. you answered like it was nothing it was like man mm-hmm. this dude where it feels sometimes as if some coaches are not, not accessible yeah. because they're they're grinding they're on their journey. Mm-hmm. You, just, you know, very genuine. So, I mean, yeah, I always appreciate that about you. I appreciate, I appreciate, appreciate you. that, man.
1: That means a lot, I, I, my my upbringing. You know, if somebody thinks enough of you to call them or text them, you should think enough of them to text or call back. I don't care how busy you are. Right. You know, and not just because you need something. You know, in college, as a college basketball coach, you're always needing players so you're in the need business instead of the giving business mm. and it shouldn't be like that it should be give and take and get a chance to know the person you know um not just because they have a player i would call coaches and text with coaches couldn't couldn't help me you know what i mean but that's because of the relationship and that's because of my parents and how I was brought up you know if somebody um, calls you or tells you hi pick up the phone, you know, yeah, right. or hit them back, say thank you, and, and then talk to them, how are you doing? You know, if they text me, it's not just going to be me trying to get something from them. That's right. that's not how it works. Absolutely, man. Yeah.
0: Now, Good advice for you young coaches yeah. out there, man. Network. Go shake somebody's hand across, right. the, across the way. No, That's, that's, right. that's great stuff. I've never, mm. I've always, you know, I try to be like Switzerland, man. Mm. I try to have a relationship with everybody in the right. basketball community myself, but as a coach, I never really thought about, like, Especially in the yeah. AAU scene, go and network and yeah. shake that part. Like you said, mm-hmm. you knew you wanted to be a college coach, so... Right. Hey, I'm doing my job now yeah. before you even have the job, the position.
1: That, that's right. And get to know the players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're in the player business. Mm-hmm. So get to know their families. You know, and and do it generally. You know, and I like to know when I meet people, I go, where are you from? Yeah. What high school do you go to? You know, there's always something that I might know. Them, yeah. Or know somebody that knows them. Right. You know? So that's very intriguing to me. Absolutely.
0: Um, what kind of success did you have coaching your high school team? For those, uh, you <coughs> well, were at Trevor Brown. You said Trevor Brown. We
1: were ranked 40th in the country. We won the Final Four I was, as an assistant coach, and then I retired from from high school and took over South Mountain High School. It's an inner city school in Phoenix. Back then, it was gang and all that okay. going on. Um, a lot of violence at times. A lot of um, you know it was very little bit unorganized and they were four and 17 when we took over and then two years later we go 29 and four and win a state title so you so went Joe Clark in yeah, there it was it was a blessing and I just hit it with good kids. We raised the GPA I'm very proud of it from 2.0 to over 3.0 and uh, a lot of work a lot of, a lot of work.
0: What does that look like? Like, what does that look like going in and changing, changing a not? It sounds like you changed a culture, Mm -hmm. not even just the program. Yeah. um,
1: Well, you you can't be afraid of being disliked. You know what I mean. You got to go in there and do the right thing and just make sure that as long as you're doing the right thing, you know, um, you know, I'm a man of faith that everything's gonna be all right. You know, and and but it was a lot of struggle, you know, to get get um, people on board. You know. and have them them, um, be successful, you know, in all facets of it. Not all the teachers were happy, not all the administration. You know, you're you're fighting them constantly for doing things, you know what I mean? Just to get cheerleaders at the game, have a concession stand, everything from that, you know. Uh, Study hall, that wasn't being done. Uh, Holding kids accountable. Going to meet all the teachers and making sure that, you know, um showing the teachers that you care inviting them all to the game you know and telling them if you go to the game the kid is going to like you more you're going to be able to get to the kid and then you both have success you know stuff like that and um it was a lot of work man it was a whole lot of work and uh, but we got it done you know we, we won the state title by 21 you know the kids were Jeez. getting after it. that was a very good team very very good one division one player You know sean deadwater played at lmu and uh, the rest were just tough kids tough kids very tough you know um and you know my first year i I kicked the the best player off you know he didn't do what i asked i asked again he didn't think he had to It come from a gangbang family and then i let him back on the next year as a senior never started and was one of the best players um, as far as behavior and teaming that there was. And uh, when he won the state title, he's in the paper kissing the kissing the trophy. So those are the success stories. And now he does well in life. Mm-hmm. They all do, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm um, very proud of that team. That's dope. Yeah. Man, that's amazing for your yeah. first coaching job to come out. Mm-hmm. Now
0: changing a culture program and winning the championship yeah. and, and kind of going out with a bang. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and so
0: you know it looks that transitions into a college job
1: yeah so. it's what it did you know uh, it was late in the year uh like october and somebody left sac state um jerome um, uh, was the head coach and he uh, called around called a couple people and they said hey you should go get coach grace he's wanting to be a college coach so he called me and uh, took a $20,000 pay cut, remarried two days before, go to Sacramento State and sleep in the locker room. People didn't know I was sleeping in the locker room just to reach my dream. And my wife, um, now she kept the kids. So um, they stayed, back in, stayed Arizona. in Phoenix, couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford to move to Sacramento. So mm-hmm. that got me in the door. So while I was there, I tried to outwork everybody. I just I stayed at at work twenty four seven, so I was calling everybody. Yeah, yeah. slept there (laughs) when when the team ate, I ate, snuck in and got me some food, you know, team meals, and I got to know the team. Right, right. You know, and then I learned, try to learn as much as I can about the college life, and being a college assistant and. Landed Vinnie McGee, who was the freshman player of the year in the league. From, like, Northern California. Yeah, yeah Northern yeah, California. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he went to McClymans. Yeah. And now he's a college coach. And now he's in the G League, I believe. Yeah, with, wow. the, with the Lakers G League team. So I'm very proud of him. And um, first recruit ever, you know, was an Oakland soldier. So um, most folks think I just get everybody from Compton Magic. <laughs> but I got just as many from, from the soldiers, you know. So um, that's how it went. Wow yeah. uh that
0: the sacrifice right like yeah, man, yeah. I love when people come in the show they always mm-hmm. talk about that moment of mm-hmm. m- not getting paid enough and yeah. more importantly being separated from your family at yeah. that time
1: uh, how old were your kids during that time oh uh, my kids were uh one was a senior uh the other one was a junior I think and then um then my my wife she had two kids mm-hmm. so they were elementary school Wow. so then the other two had graduated wow so what how do you teach
0: them a life lesson of or what is the life lesson in that and say hey i gotta go pursue my dream yeah and still being a good father yeah. right look you know distance doesn't
1: make you a mm-hmm. bad father right um yeah what's the life lesson there yeah to to show them that just what you said to go for your dreams um you know I, I, every chance i got home i got home there was always a phone call way they they knew their new mom who was raising them as well and um, um to to pursue your goals and then do it with all you with gusto you know to do it with all that you have to reach your goals and uh, you know you always have to have sacrifice you can't can never do something without sacrifice and just the way my life was, um, in order for me to, to to go for all my dream, I'd had to do that, you know. And um, um, was it the perfect thing to do? I don't know, you know. You have to ask them. But you know, they're calling me today and texting me today, so they always yeah. and they they always call <laughs> and they always ask for money still, right? So... Um, so but yeah so we have my kids have and i have a great relationship to
0: this day that's no, awesome it's awesome yeah. to hear and I, I think people need to hear that, that yeah. you know I, I think people think that man how can you do that to your family and right. kids but you're also teaching them something right at the same time and mm-hmm. you're also like you said maintaining that relationship yeah. and you've been able to do it throughout your life and career right. out outside of your family what what Mm -hmm. makes you think you're not recruiting your own kids you know what i mean like (laughs) that kind of thought. that's right
1: there's you know i would recruit kids in atlanta because my uh, my ex-wife and my kids Mm live there not all of them but Mm -hmm. they live there so i always recruit jalen brown you know i recruited all all the time having a kid there so i could fly in and spend time with them you know what i mean so and then when in phoenix obviously always somebody i'm recruiting there so I made it a point to get to him, and um, still do to this day. So. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, okay, so Sac State, mm-hmm. there for one year. Just one year. One year. One year, and then Jesse Evans calls me at University of San Francisco. And um, I got a pay raise to 55, but I had to go live in San Francisco. <laughs> so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah, not a pay raise, so, right? <laughs> so it was, it's like a decrease. You know, yeah. we're pitching pennies. My wife comes, my kids come. Uh, and um, they, she gets a job at, at USF as well. Okay. So now we're putting it together. So um, still struggling, living in South San Francisco. The market there was so tough. I remember going to rent a house and there was like 50 people there trying to rent this, this small little house and there wasn't way more for it. So I uh, bribed the, the owner with uh, USF tickets. I said wow. I could get USF tickets, so he took that over me, and that's how I got this little old, uh, it, it was a house, but it's not really a house. It was it was that Big small. Big as this room. Yeah, guy. a little bit bigger. A <laughs> little bit bigger, and we got through. That was the year when um, Jesse Evans got let go halfway through the year, so wow. my second year D1, I'm, I'm in limbo because wow. my head coach gets let go. They bring in Eddie Sutton. I got to learn from Eddie, um, but then they they, they um, at the end of the year they uh, didn't renew my because I went in with Jesse. Right. So I went back to be a high school coach, mm-hmm. and that during that summer, to the team that we beat by 21 points. They hired me. They said, "Hey, <laughs> we want you to be the coach." Right. So I'm there, and then. Um, Craig Robinson gets the job at Oregon State. I don't know Craig, that's Michelle Obama's brother. Okay, yeah. And um, the assistant coach calls Ato at Compton Magic, one of the players, and then he's talking to him. His name's Doug Stewart, and then they went back and forth on, um, you know, and Ato said, you should hire my guy. You know what I mean? That'd probably help you get some kids. And um, so they did. And they hired me at, check this out, and because you, you know the guy I'm getting to talk about, they hired me as uh, director of basketball, right? Okay. So I'm happy, you know, uh, about the same what I'm getting paid, but it's going to Oregon. So I'm making a little bit more money. Um, I go up there, they're going to hire Robert Eichert with BTI yeah. because he had academic kids and Craig Robinson was the head coach at Brown. So Robert would help him get kids at Brown. So he was going to return the favor Robert and Robert was going to come up and be the third assistant. So um, I didn't know Robert at the time. Yeah. Um, but Robert said, Let me go through the July period mm-hmm. with my team. And then, because I need to work on getting some kids off my team, own team, because Oregon State wasn't you know, yeah. a destination for some of them. Right. And um, so he does. So I asked Craig, because I had already took the test, recruiting test, I said, Can I go on the road? So in July, you know, because Robert was still coaching AU, and that's what they do in the business, especially back then. So uh, Craig said, yeah, you can go on the road. Well, while I was on the road, uh, Roberto Nelson, Pac-10 scoring champion, he commits to us. And big Joe Burton, who's still playing to this day, uh, 6'8", about 280, let us in, in assist for three years. That's how good he was. And oh, still baby, playing. Baby Yogic? Yeah, <laughs> big, just like him. <laughs> I was playing in France, had a great career in France. Uh, He commits before the July period's over with So after talking with Robert later, Robert just said him and his wife just wasn't feeling Oregon and they wanted to stay. So they promoted me to assistant coach. So I go from, uh, you know, our head coach getting let go at San Francisco, going back to high school coach. And before the summer was out back, to the Pac-10 back then and that's like moving forward Right, you know what I mean yeah, stepping up. and now I was there for five years with Craig Robinson got to hang out with Barack Obama and go to White House every year so that's pretty you cool. know my yeah. life has been, been 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 amazing you know wow. what I mean so um, not everybody gets to go and hang out it got to the point we were going over Uncle Barack's house you know <laughs> what I mean because we knew what was what, how it was supposed to be and did, you, did you hoop with him no, but Jared Jared Cunningham did. We went in the back of the White House. They have a tennis court, but they have a basketball goal at the tennis court. So we went all out there. And then Jared, I think it was Jared, might have been Roberto, uh, said, "Let's play one on one." Now he loves hoops. Right. Really loves hoops. Uh, amazing person. The first time I met him, we were at a food bank in DC, and they had quartered it all off. They had Secret Service in there, so there's like forty employees family members and basketball team, our team, uh, Michelle and a couple other staffers. So he comes walking into the warehouse and we're already putting stuff in the, in, in bags for the homeless. And Michelle's there too and um, he goes and shakes everybody's hand and I just so happen to be by Craig. So right before he goes to talk to Craig, he comes over to me and he just, just he hadn't been president very long and he says, Hey, David, how you doing? I said, he knows my name. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. He worked the room. To this day, I've never seen anybody work the room like that. And he comes up to me. Hey, David, how you doing? Take care of Craig for me. And I'm like, to this day, it blows my mind. This guy remembered my name. And I was a high school coach a couple months before. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) So that's learning from that. How to how to be genuine, how to how to really make people feel good when you meet them and you talk to them. I think that's important. Did he uh, give a different handshake to different no, people in the room? No, no, okay, no. it's not like the uh, the <laughs> no, key feels. Like no, No, okay, but a little bit, like <laughs> right, that, right. You know, and then he he he, he sent me, uh, he sent everybody on the team, not just me, a uh, picture of um, us in his. I think he's a senator before, right, in his senator's office. Because that was the year before he was just transitioning into the White House. Okay. So, um, And they said, yes, we can, David, on it. And I got it in my office. So um, I think that's amazing. That basketball gave you an opportunity yeah. to be president. That's yeah. crazy. And hang out with him. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and it, I went on um, vacation. I said, I never do. I had a vacation. This is like a couple years in. I go back, and it's like, in the morning, I'm gonna go get a workout in the weight room, and this is at Oregon State. And I walk up and there's this big white truck in front of the building, and I'm like, "What's that's unusual, are they unpacking, are they moving? So then I walk around and I walk into the, open the door to go in, and there's two secret service guys in there, right? And I'm like, I don't know the secret service, but I'm like, and they said, David, how you doing? I'm like, how you know my name? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, whoa, you know. And then he said, "Michelle's in there with Craig's wife during their working out. No one else is in there." So he said, "I said, can I go in?" He said, "Yeah." So I go in. it's, we're on the uh, I think I'm on the ellipticals. Yeah, we're on the ellipticals, and Michelle's in the middle. Craig's wife's on the other side, and I'm on the other side, and we're holding a conversation. And back then we didn't have the the, the selfies. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, I wish I did. I didn't have a picture. <laughs> But it was an amazing workout just to talk to Michelle. Yeah. And she's talking like, you know, they're regular people, man. Right, they're right. no different, you know. Um, Craig, same way. Great dude. He's the NABC president now, doing great things. Um, Barack, regular dude, man. He, one time we were, uh, Roberto Nelson was messing with him like, hey, man, when you fill out the brackets, you better put Oregon State there. <laughs> and he said, Craig, Craig, come over here. Roberto's telling me I should put the, organist put you guys in the bracket. He said y'all got to make the tournament first. You know he's like cracking and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> stuff like that. So it was yeah. like going over Uncle Brock's house. You know it was one That's of those. Cool, right? Yeah. You get to see the other side because he, you know, he's not in, he's not in front of anybody. You know, so you get to see him joking with the players, talking trash. I can, I can beat you in horse. You know stuff like that. And, he went to our games. We played George Washington one time and our team couldn't make a free throw say their life. You know, and Craig would turn around and not even look. And then he's like three rows back. in secret service everywhere. And he says, "Hey Craig, turn around and watch your player." And I'm like, "That ain't TV, man. That's right behind me." Right, right. You know, so <laughs> stuff like that. You know That's what I mean? Cool. It, was, it was it was an amazing time. That's awesome. Yeah. So your
0: time at Oregon State—that's is, uh, is where you were for the longest, for five years. Yeah. You know, before going to UCLA. Mm-hmm. Or you're at UCLA for about five years. Five as well, years. Yeah. As well. So, yeah. Um, what did you learn at Oregon State? Where that was uh, kind of where you kind of got your your.
1: Yeah. It was. It was. Um, it's not easy to recruit there because that state don't produce a lot, and when they do produce four or five, they either go to Duke or Oregon. So you got to get on a plane to go recruit. So I really learned how to. Uh, really cut my teeth you know and recruit then we were running the Princeton offense in the beginning and a lot of kids didn't want to play in it so we had to modify it you know so um but again the relationships that I had built already were paying off mm-hmm. you know Jared Cunningham went 24th in the draft before that at Oregon State it wasn't happening in those years prior to uh, Gary Payton you know so then Roberto led the league in scoring you know, and he did it out of the Princeton offense, but we modified it. We actually led the league in scoring. So then we got, I started getting other players to go there. And, uh, and I didn't realize people were watching. I really didn't. I was that naive. Hmm. And then um, when I was cutting my teeth, I was learning the Princeton offense. I was learning how to do scouts. You know, everybody said, well, Grace, you're a recruiter. But I did scouts. I did just make scouts as the other assistants. Yeah. So I learned my X's and O's why I was doing it so I and you know when I had the X's and O's against Romar when Romar was at Washington when they had it rolling so I had that scout I had the Arizona scout so watching all the great coaches I would learn how to coach right you know X's and O's wise but then again my responsibility was recruiting coordinator wherever I went I was recruiting coordinator so had success recruiting there and then that's what led to UCLA Wow. Yeah. So um
0: what was your recruiting pitch to Oregon State? <laughs> like how do you get somebody well, to go there? at the
1: time we sold Barack. You're going to go wow. meet you're going to go meet Barack. You know, he was hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going to go to White House every day. I mean every year. Uh you're going to play in front of Barack. So we sold that. You know what I mean? So we also sold that playing time. You know, you're going to play in the Pac-10, then it became the Pac-12 while we were there, but you you you're, you're, you're going to play on the biggest stage. And At that time, uh, Oregon State was the 18th win in this program ever.
2: Hmm.
1: They had great teams. They were number one in the country right around where Gary Payton was there, right before Gary Payton. They had the number one recruit, um, Sitton, Charlie Sitton. They had a lot lot of talent come through there, so we were selling that. We were selling, come up here to Corvallis, 50,000 people, small college town, where you just go hoop. You don't have none of the distractions. That's if you want to be a pro. If you if you don't want to be a pro, you want to play around. Don't come up here. Right. So now you just go to class. Great school, for a public school. Great, great community. They love their Beavers. Trust me, man. They love their Beavers. Um, so you're gonna play in front of big crowds. You're gonna play against UCLA. You're gonna play against you know USC, Cal. They were good back then. Mm-hmm. You know. It, you were going to get seen on TV and you were going to have a chance to go to the NBA and look at all these NBA players that came out of Oregon State. So and it was great for, um, you know, Gary Payton. Actually Gary's son went there. Right, right. Yeah. I was recruiting him, but I don't really call it recruiting. He was going to go there anyway. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I can't take yeah. credit for that. You know? <laughs> so, but, and, and, and they did. They came. So, um, and Craig's a good dude. Yeah. So I'm not recruiting to a bad coach. I think that's important for college coaches as well you know you want to align yourself with good head coaches
0: how do you know they're a good person like if you're interviewing for a position you don't have that relationship
1: or the insight Mm -hmm. to know you Um, don't because i i've worked with some ones that weren't but i didn't know that so you don't really do it but hopefully you can do your homework sometimes you're just trying to fit in where you get in because those jobs are hard there's not that many of them in the whole world you know what i mean so um you know, Sacramento State, I didn't know Jerome. I just took a chance, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a great dude. He's taking care of me, you know, as far as he was, he was great with me, you know. And then Jesse Evans, I knew. So, but he got like, oh, Craig, Craig, I didn't know. Steve Alfred, I didn't know. Stackhouse, I knew through through recruiting Brandon Ingram. Um, They're both from Kinston and he played on Stack's AAU team. Mm-hmm. So um, I knew him and then uh, and then um that was it you know as yeah. far as coaches go
0: yeah yeah so uh transitioning oregon state mm-hmm.
1: to westwood man never in my wildest dreams to be a, a 20-year air force vet didn't yeah. play d1 you know going to be a coach at a blue blood not just any blue blood the blue blood, blue blood. and and for uh steve offered to hire me you know it's a it's a crazy story how he hires me, and um, uh, I, I still wake up some days that I, that I do that, you know what I mean, because it's this, you know, I was putting gas on airplanes not too long before that, you know what I mean, I was serving my country and, and fighting in a desert storm and all of that, so I um, I never had my wildest dreams, you know, I fly to, um, the year before Um, The story's crazy, the year before um, Steve gets the job at UCLA, he's at New Mexico. His son is a high schooler, and Craig Neal, who eventually took the job from New Mexico, was assistant coach. We call him Noodles, and um, his son I was recruiting to Oregon State, but I knew he really probably wasn't going to go. I was building relationships. Me and his son are still close, he hits me up all the time. So. um I'm recruiting him I'll go to AAU events to recruit him and talk to Noodles I didn't talk to Steve Steve wouldn't talk to me you know what I mean Steve was like who's this dude from Oregon State you know what I mean Um, so I'm recruiting him I'm recruiting him recruiting him so Craig says hey man this is the year before I think I'm getting Colorado State would you want to come and it was like four or five years at Oregon State so I was looking like you know I might need a change you know what I mean? I love Craig. I loved up there. Um, and, and he said, I'll make you associate head coach. Then that's that's important. Yeah. Cause I was that was, you know, something I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the point where he thinks he's getting it. So he calls me. He doesn't get it though. So I'm still doing the networking and still recruiting his son. And then Steve gets UCLA. He gets New Mexico. So he calls me. He says, Hey man let's meet at the Final Four and um, think about hiring you. You know what I mean? I'm like, why are you waiting? You know what I mean? But I'll play the game with you, right? right? So going to the Final Four, that's when Dan Marley took over Grand Canyon. Dan, I had a lot of time in Phoenix. Dan said, Grace, I'd like to interview you. We can pay you. And I said, okay, so we're gonna meet at the Final Four as well. Now, Andy the infield just gets you USC. In the infield played at john hopkins my old high school coach in maryland became the assistant coach at john hopkins and coached andy mm. so when he got the job he calls me and says hey i'm gonna give you andy's number so andy was supposed to and i was supposed to meet that monday then you come in on thursday you leave that monday so he was one to interview me that monday so that told me he was going to interview other people right so and he don't know me so he don't owe me nothing right so i fly in As soon as I land, I look at my phone. There's like 30 texts. Hey, Steve Alford has been calling people, and he's interested in you. And I'm like, why? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know him. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, you never know who's watching you. You know, at Oregon State, I'm like, I ain't do nothing special. You know, I'm a Air Force dude, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, "Uh, they. They messing with me or what? So it was an hour later. Uh Ato calls me um, about twenty minutes later. And he said, Hey man, I just got off the phone with Steve and a couple other people had called. I think he wants to interview you. I said, Why? And he said, Man, come on. He said, You you can get players, right? So I said, All right. So that then right ten minutes before, no, no, no. Steve calls me and all the hotels in, the, in in Atlanta at the final four were in the same hotel what is, what is the odds he calls me he says hey David you know um I understand you're in the same hotel his homework he said would you mind I'm interested in in, in uh, interviewing you would you mind uh, it was eight o'clock would you mind meeting at nine I said yeah so I hang up the phone I'm like unbelievable man so now i'm trying to do all the research on ucla right because i all i know is john Wooden and you know the guys right, right, that right. play there so i'm doing my research research and in 15 minutes noodles text me hey grace i hear you interviewing at ucla he says if you're interviewing at ucla yeah i'm not interviewing you so i called him i said man what are you talking about he said i can give you way more money i said yeah but you can't give me them four letters hmm you know what I mean? So he says, are you going to interview? I said, yeah, I'm going to interview. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not, all, it's not about money with me. So money takes care of itself. Okay, so, so I go up there, I'm interviewing. Halfway through the interview, Steve's daughter, cause it's a suite, Steve's daughter walks in. She's a sophomore in high school. So I get up, I go say hi to her during the interview. That's my military background, that's where I was raised. Yeah. So I, I shake her hand, then she goes off. Then I go back and sit down. So after the interview, Steve said, You got any questions? I said, Yeah. Um, when are you gonna make when you gonna make the call? He said, Why? You got something else going on? I said, Yeah. He said, Well, what you got? And I said, Well, Grand Canyon. He said, What's that D two? You know, that's Steve's <laughs> sarcastic, being sarcastic, laughs at me. Right. Right. I said, No, it's in Phoenix. You know, because I, I don't know him. Right, right, right. So I'm not falling for the, you know what I mean? He says, Well, when you got that? I said, I got it at 12 o'clock tomorrow. He said, You got anything else? I said, I got New Mexico. And he just came from there. Him and Noodles are best friends. He said, I ain't worried about it. Then he said, You got anything else? I said, Yeah, I got Andy Infield. Perked up. Oh, yeah. He got, he got <laughs> time now. He got serious. <laughs> yeah. He got real serious. And then he said, um, When is that? I said, Well, I believe it's around Monday. We haven't set a, set a time yet. He said, Okay, this is what I'm going to do i gotta i gotta do some things in the morning and i'm gonna call you before the 12 o'clock but if not just go to that so it gets to be like eleven fifty, and i'm like i ain't getting it so let me go see what marley's got to say because i wasn't really sure i wanted to do marley because i was happy at oregon state right so i go in and right at 11 calls me he says hey man i was busy with with bryce offered's three-point shooting contest give me craig's number so i gave him craig's number so I hung up. He said, "But well, go on to that D two gig." So, so I go to do. I went and did it. So me and Marley talked. We talked because Marley has a restaurant. So I used to go to his restaurant. He had great wings, and go watch the Diamondbacks. It's right downtown. Then my my wife and I would go and eat wings, and that was a good night, right? Yeah. So, telling him about his wings, and he said, "Grace, that's a nice suit. Where'd you get that?" I said, "Phoenix. Oh man, tell me where." So we're talking about everything but the daggone job. Right. So afterwards he said, hey, Grace, that was a great interview. I got a couple more. I'll get back with you. So I walked out like, okay, I'm not really going to go anyway. Probably, probably not. Right. Um, and then, um, so I'm walking out and Buzz Williams, he he was at Virginia Tech, I think at the time. He comes up to me and he said, Gracie, who did you interview? Because I had my suit on. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the lobby, because that's where I interviewed, in the main lobby, where the coaches are. And then, he's cracking jokes, and then I turn around and it's Craig, my boss, Robinson. He said, Grace, you got anything, David, you got anything going on? And I said, Coach, you wouldn't believe this. Last night, all these people called, Mm -hmm. and I interviewed, and I was gonna tell you, which I was. Right. uh, He's busy, because it's still Barack, man. You know, try, everybody's trying to get to him to get to Barack. So he said, oh, okay. I said, and Steve's probably might call you. So he said, cool. So at that point, I didn't know what he was gonna say to Steve. So um, I didn't know if it was gonna be favorable or not. So mm-hmm. at that point, I just go and sit down in the lobby. I'm exhausted, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, the Archibald's Bo and Damon, they come over and they're talking. And then they said, Grace, I heard you interviewed at UCLA. I said, how'd you know that? I didn't tell nobody. He said come on man, it gets out. So I said I ain't saying if I did or didn't. So then afterwards uh, Craig about two hours later Craig comes back around. He said is this is this Steve's number offered? I said yeah, that's it. He said all right. Give me five minutes. I'll call him. So he calls him and then he's getting bombarded. So I just leave. I go back to the hotel, take off my, my, my suit chilling and about 40 minutes later Steve says, "Hey David, uh, do you want to go to dinner?" So I, we go to dinner, and I'm sitting across, across from him. He's got his whole family there. He's got Eddie Schilling, who was assistant coach there. Now he's at Grand Canyon. Yeah. He's there. He got his agent, Mike Barnett, who runs Grassroots for Adidas, uh, or high up, high up in Grassroots. And none of them are talking to me the whole, the whole meal. And I'm like, "Why did you bring me?" You know what I mean? Why did like you? Like awkward silence not yeah, talking like, to you? kind of like they're holding a conversation. They're from the Midwest, uh, from Indiana. I have no clue who they're talking <laughs> about. And they're laughing and stuff, and I'm like, man, why did you bring me here? You was know? the food good at least? Food was good. Right, Steakhouse. Right, you know right. what I mean? So uh, at least I'm getting a meal out Right, right. And so at the end, he said, you know, in my 23 years of coaching, David, I never hired somebody I didn't know. I said, yeah, I know. He told me that three times in the interview. I, Craig Robinson didn't know me. Uh, Jerome Jenkins didn't know me. Um, and he said, yeah, I know. And I said, Craig, uh, he said that when he hired you. And he said, Craig said, gave you a great review. He said, I'm going to hire you. But I'm not hiring you because of that. You see the young lady at the end of the table? That was his daughter. You stood up and you, and you acknowledged her. And she said, I better hire you. Our things aren't going to be happy at the house. So that's how I got hired at UCLA. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's, that's a crazy awesome, story. So the next day, Mar—I mean uh, Dan Marley calls me. Hey, Grace, well, I'm not going to be able to hire you. I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to UCLA. So every time I see Dan to this day, he just goes. <laughs> he just laughs. So I got turned down by Grand Canyon and I got UCLA. So that's how I got man, to UCLA. That's yeah. Wow! Just because of who you are, because well, of who you are. Yeah, you know? I think because you take you, you you're nice to people and you and you work hard and you and you do the right thing. You don't cheat. You don't. You know what I mean? Yes. All that stuff, it pays off. It pays off. And you don't know who's watching. You yeah. know that's the that's the thing. And that's why I try to explain to my coaches. I got two assistant coaches that want to be college coaches, so I try to share that with them. You know, this is what it takes. This is the grind. And it's not for everybody so uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it's not for everybody
0: so uh going from Oregon State mm. to UCLA what's the difference recruiting uh-huh. a division one school in a power conference yeah but then a blue blood
1: it's a whole different world it's it's um remember I told the kid he's growing because he's uncomfortable yeah well Steve right away made me uncomfortable and I was highly uncomfortable I had pressure on me from day one i was a recruiting coordinator at ucla i'm used to recruiting kids to go to oregon state now it's a step higher because we got to get the five star we got to get the kid that's going to be a one and done we got to get the kid that's going to help us win national championships we got to get the kid that's we got to beat out usc for the for the city dominance yeah and i'm going up against jason hart and tony bland who's from la Right, you know what I mean. So Dang, that was we, that time. Yeah, we yeah. had great battles. Yeah, And I mean, the thing about it is people don't know this, but me and Tony and, and Jason are very good friends. Right, right. You know what I mean? And they, they don't they don't see that back then. They, they didn't see that, but we and they and, and I I credit them because it's their city. It's where they grew up. I'm not from here. Yes, yeah. you know, um, and the people at, at, at UCLA, the alumni have accepted me as 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 a Bruin and that's not easy and and that's very thankful for that as well you know um but very uncomfortable you know steve would come in my office we need four bigs right away that's hard to get one we need four you know and and um, he didn't say hi you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> he said we need four and oh, i man. said that's on the board i had a whiteboard closed and he said we ain't getting none of them. I ain't even talked to him. Well, I gave him the sheet for him to call, but it was his way of saying, hey, man, don't slip on this. Don't slip on this. You'll be quick as I hired you, quick as I fired you. Right. You know what I mean? So he put he put fire underneath me. And back then, I didn't realize it. I didn't understand it. You was just grinding, I huh? was like grinding, but I'm like, why is this dude on me? You know, he called me during dinner. You know, he called me... You know, I'm a big Ravens fan, he's a Steelers fan, he called me during Ravens game. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, what about this kid? But more importantly at UCLA back then, if I went to Westchester to see a kid, the social media would say, UCLA's in to see this. Yeah. But another part of social media is, why ain't he out at Harvard-Westlake looking at that kid? Or why ain't he down at Mm-hmm. Why ain't he over here? USC's over here. Tony and them are over there. So Steve, agent, who's part of Grassroots, he would call me sometimes four in the morning. Hey Grace, uh, we we know you went over to see this kid, or you sent uh, Dwayne Broussard over to see this kid. But they're saying on social media we should be on this kid. So I'd have to explain that at four in the morning. And then Oof. they would say okay, and then hang up. It wasn't like, thank you. It wasn't <laughs> none of that. You know what I mean? So if you want to be a college coach, get used to that. You know, because that's the pressure of winning. Yeah. You know, because uh, Steve gets a lot of pressure right away if we don't win the recruiting battles. Yeah. So we did. Obviously, we get Kevon Looney was a pretty good one Yeah. for a big. Thomas Welsh in the same class. Mm-hmm. as two pros. You know, G.J. Goldman's a pro, you know, and then Jonah Bolden was a pro. So we got four in that first class. Got after he told me he wasn't getting none of them, you know, so.
0: Oh, so those are the names written on the th- board?
1: Those, those are the names written on the board. What's the first thing you do to open, what's, what's the, the
0: secret sauce, right? You're not mm-hmm. you're in the high school world now. Yeah. Um, For that Blue Blood assistant coach who gets mm-hmm. an opportunity, you see those names on the board, what's the first thing you do?
1: First thing you do, you do your homework on who is determining, who's telling that kid where he's going to go could be the barber, could be the dad,
2: mm.
1: could be the handler, and then you build a circle around it. So what I would do is go talk to the barber. Go talk to the... To this the, is for real, barber yeah, for real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd go talk to uh, the the cafeteria lady. I'd go talk to the janitor. They know. yeah, You know what I mean? I'd, and then, you know, obviously I'm talking to... People in the AAU world. Right. I'm talking to their high school coaches. I'm talking to their parents. I'm talking to the kid, who's helping you make this decision, you know. And then I have to have them all say UCLA, and and that's not easy, you know what I mean? <laughs> I bet. it's not easy at all. And then you got to see if they're going to take money or not. Back then, mm. and if they're taking money, I get off of them. Then I'll go find somebody else. Yeah. Because there's there's still enough people want to go to UCLA. Right. You see what I mean? So if Kavan Looney was going to take him out, I didn't. But a lot of people don't know um, what's the kid's name? His cousin uh, played for USC. Um, Nick. Uh, Not Nick Young. Nick Young. Oh, Nick Young. That's, oh. his, that's Kavon's cousin. No way. Yeah, Kavan's mom had, had 16 siblings, brothers and sisters. Mm. And one of them was Nick Young's mom. Crazy. So when he was growing up in Milwaukee, Nick was growing up in L.A., mm-hmm. so uh, Kavon was jealous kind of of that. not say jealous, but he want, he liked that, that warm that, yeah. weather yep. and that culture. So that played a major part, a lot of people didn't know that, mm. you know, so I a little sibling cousin yeah. rivalry, cousin Robert a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I tell this story all the time. I was recruiting him and Jonah Bolden. Jonah Bolden's dad was living in Australia. He's American, but he played 15 years in Australia. So he lived down there. So I told Steve, hey man, I got to get down there to talk to him or we're not getting the kid. So, and I was wore out, man. He wore me out. We worked every day then, man. And yeah. so I, I knew if I flew on that plane for 15 hours, that's 15 hours to sleep. Because he's <laughs> he not calling me, right? You see what I mean? So, so I go down there, three days, spend down there, two and a half. I get back, fly all the way back, 15 hours down. 16 hours coming back, or the other way around, whatever it is. I land at LAX. Uh, Dwayne Broussard uh, calls me. He knew exactly when I was landing. calls me, Hey, when you, when you, as soon as you get through customs, you need to come straight to work. I said, I can't kiss my wife. I haven't seen her in three, three or four days. Yeah, do that real quick, but Coach Offer wants to see you. I said, Am I getting fired? What's the deal here? He said, No, 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 we got something for you. So I do that, I get to the office, he said, Grace, I, I gotta get you out to see Kavan. Kavon has 6 a.m. Uh, practice tomorrow morning, and you and Dwayne are gonna go back to LAX, catch a flight to uh, to um, Chicago, because it couldn't be no direct flight to Milwaukee. Right. So, and then you're gonna sleep for two hours at Midway, because the hotel's right across the street, then Dwayne's gonna drive you to Milwaukee, and at 6 a.m., you're going to meet with with Kavan and, and his staff, I mean, and his high school coaches and all that. So, I said, you want me to do that? I'm dead tired. I don't even, because 15 hours on the plane, you know what I mean? They're yeah. going down and coming back. Jet lag, all that. But I love that stuff. So, I do that, go by, kiss the wife, change clothes, fly, we land in Chicago, it's like 11. I can't sleep. I don't know what time zone I'm in and I just can't go to sleep so Dwayne hits me up hey let's go you ready to drive I said yeah okay so I drive as soon as we get there at, at, at the uh, at the high school now I'm tired I'm wore out and on the way I called Kavon's AU coach okay so I set up a lunch after we meet in the morning at six then we go talk to the high school, and then we're gonna go have lunch with the AAU coach. So we fly in, I go talk, and now um, Bo Ryan is in the gym, Wisconsin. Conzo um, Martin was at Tennessee, the head coach is in there, and their head coach is in there. Duke is on him, Michigan State's on him. And um, he says, and I go in, and, and Kavan is great. He's an amazing young man. So I'm in there watching how he interacts with them. Because if he interacts with them, I'm going to go break it up. Okay, Because I know he has to go to class after the practice. The practice starts at 6. So everybody's not going to have a chance to talk to him. Mm -hmm. So I already did my homework. I already called him. And back then, kids didn't really pick up and talk, but he did. So I'm like, okay, we're pretty good. And I was going to talk to his A-U coach who had major power over him. Still does to this day. Um, when I say major power, he has influence. Influence. Yeah. So so we go. I watched all the dynamics. Kavan was very cordial with everybody, so but not overly cordial with nobody. He didn't have to be cordial with me. I did my work. So then afterwards, me with the high school coaches. His assistant high school coach was also assistant AU coach. So then afterwards, I go and we, I got a day room at the hotel from mm-hmm. 9 to 11 and I hit that bed, and it was the hardest thing I ever had to do, get up. <laughs> I'm deliriously tired. Get up, and go to the to the lunch. I pretty much did the work anyway. So we're having it, and that was a good meal. So I was enjoying that. Have a great talk with, with the AAU coach. Now we head back to the hotel, I mean back to the airport. Catch the flight. Steve wants me in the office at 6.30, and we got Jonah and we got Kavon oh. yeah so if you want to be a college coach those are the those are the lifestyles it's yeah crazy
0: yeah I couldn't imagine doing that yeah. now yeah in my
1: age which is probably how old
0: how old, I have to ask how old were you then like, um
1: I was probably 30 I was in my 40s
0: you're in your for 40s yeah, yeah. doing that for, I can't imagine yeah I can't imagine. it's hard for me to drive yeah. down the street three times like yeah. <laughs> you're hopping on plates and like yeah. the passion to want to do that to impact a
1: kid's life mm-hmm. like that and you're doing it the right way yeah um for UCLA right and end. and then be expected to know the Scout for that Shit. game coming up man you know yeah. you mean? sleep like a baby now huh I, I learned how to sleep <laughs> on planes Whoa. I learned how to do that. I learned how to sleep on planes. Especially, I would sit down, if there's anybody who want to talk to me, because a lot of time I got UCLA gear, so they want to talk to you, and I just say, you know, ma'am, sir, I, I just I haven't slept in three days. And, you know, then I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so they don't mess with me, I don't mess with them, and probably the flight's even better. You know what I mean? So, right. But I really learned how to sleep on planes. Man. So, That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome, man.
0: The, the, in at your time at UCLA or just here recruiting in, in general, mm-hmm. you know, people say like all your kids are Compton Magic kids yeah. or all you, yeah. you know, you have this connection to an AAU club. Like that's not a bad thing. No, like it's a, it's a great thing. Right. Isn't that mm-hmm. the whole purpose? Is that you know yeah. this program is producing high level athletes at right. your school and that you have a connection there. Right. And, and so, um, I guess explain that connection and how can one harness and I yeah. say harvest sorry harvest that connection. Yeah,
1: well, um, we were Arizona pumping run with the Pump mm. Brothers prior, so that that went okay. Then Atop, who knew uh, Anthony Ray over in Phoenix, me and Anthony were running the uh, Arizona well, became the Arizona Magic. Uh, Anthony knew Atop, so Atop said, "Hey, I want to get into Arizona." Why don't we create Arizona Magic, where I got the Compton Magic. So that happened, and we became Compton Magic. This would be still before the shoe deals, okay. and um, we had great success. So, And I got to know Tope. Tope's a great person, you know, and we built, I built a relationship. And, and to this day, you know, we, we play down in Linwood. We we'd hang, we'd hang out. Him and Lavar and us, you know, with me getting, um, getting Lonzo and, and the family to go to UCLA. Hope was a part of that, you know. A lot of people don't know that.
0: Even though you know, they, he didn't play for them. Never played
1: for him. Wow. You know, he knew, he knew Kevon Looney's um, AAU coach because they used to share kids back then. You could share kids. Right, right. When they could yeah. go across the border. Yeah, in the States. yeah. You could do that. Yeah. So, so built the relationships. So even though I was a Compton Magic person, I still had a great relationship with Mark Olivier to get the soldiers' kids, whose Adidas and Nikes almost unheard mm-hmm. of. so because i was genuine to them they knew i was going to take care of their kids and they knew i wasn't you know just trying to get the next gig you know what i mean off kids and you can't do that so i was it it helped me being older because i i realized relationships and i realized all money and good money you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i realized how to do it the right way you know see you know when the fbi scandal hit the greatest thing about it is, Compton Magic had kids that could play, and they had two-parent families that didn't need money. Yeah. So my recruiting pitch was, if you want to take dirty money, go somewhere else. And then you sleep, you you sleep the way you sleep off stealing money or doing bad, doing it dirty. Yeah. Or you have, you said your son's a pro. Wait seven months, get the good money. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what that was my sale pitch, because like I said we ain't giving you nothing. We don't have to. And then top players, you know, TJ Leaf, Compton Magic, yeah. you know, uh, Jalen Hands, Compton Magic, yeah. but also I recruited Aaron Holiday. Yeah. 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 So, and Thomas Welsh, you know, none of them played for Compton Magic. So, yeah. but it was the, it was relationships. It was them saying, okay, they're going to take care of my guy. And then a lot of kids in this city's not trying to leave. Right. You know
0: what I mean? So like Every kid's dream is to go to UCLA. Yeah. Yeah, it is.
1: yeah. we used to, these, you know, they taught me quickly. You want to play basketball, go to UCLA. You want to play football, go to USC. Right. You know, we used to use that saying against USC. You know, you're playing football. Is that why you got them on the list? <laughs> I didn't know you played football. You know, just joking with them, you know. So you want to play, you know. And then another thing, too, I used to tell, like Thomas Wells, I said, Thomas, if you average 10 rebounds and 10 points, that's all you got to do, yep. you're going to get drafted. Because the power of the four letters because mm. all the guys that had success before you Can't i couldn't say that at oregon state
2: yeah
1: you get 10 points and 10 rebounds at oregon state you might get drafted uh roberto nelson led the pack 10 in scoring didn't get drafted that's so, crazy you know so uh and he could flat out shoot the thing he could probably still shoot he's actually on staff with him now uh he's like a son to, my, to me you know just a great kid he's Saturday. on staff with you he was on staff with um, no. He's just on staff at Oregon State. At right? Oregon State, oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Great, great, great kid. Um, Santa Barbara, what Santa Barbara High? Um, so, Compton Magic kid. So, but there was there was other kids too. Right, but for sure. but it was it's so that we hit it just right with two parent families, and 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 even you know Aaron Holiday's family is amazing. I work right. with him every day yeah. with his sister and his mom. They still work at uh just great people. They're not taking money. They're not, they no need. Right. You know what I mean? They knew what it was. Yeah, yeah. the whole family sitting in the daggone league. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Lauren, she would have went too if she didn't right. have concussions. She was at UCLA bro. Right. So it's, it, it was just a great time, man. A, 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 a great learning experience, and I grew so much. Awesome. So yeah. you
0: talked about your, uh <clears throat> I guess uh, uh, it seemed like one week where you didn't sleep. Probably yeah. one of the tougher weeks. Yeah. Who was the hardest recruit to get Uh, and what was the circumstance wow and what's the one recruit that you wish you would have got that you missed out on oh there's a whole lot of those uh i missed out on a lot
1: uh the hardest recruit uh kavan yeah because we didn't know you know we didn't really know he kept his kept his uh, cards close to his vest Mm -hmm. and we we just got the job and steve worked us every day and to the point where Eddie Schilling, who grew up with him and wrote a book with him, said, hey, man, if we got to work next week, I'm going back to be a high school coach. And then it wasn't a week after that that uh, Kavan was going to commit. And we had no idea. Wow. We had no idea. And um, he came because he had, you know, it's the only kid we really got over Duke. You know, Duke was doing it a different way. So um, I'll let that for another day. But. Um, <laughs> We got him over Duke, so, you know, that, he, was, he was the hardest one. And what was the second part of the question?
0: second part was who was the one recruit that you oh. like, ooh, I thought I
1: had him, and I wish I got him. Jalen yeah. Brown. Yeah. Brandon Ingram. I mean, we can go down the list. Um, Zion Williamson. Um, shoot, there's so many. Uh, uh, Gary Trent Jr. Mm. You know, all of them were close. Yeah. We were, we were really close. Jalen Brown close to Cal. And don't go on official visits so that tells you a little bit but um uh i really thought we were getting here yeah uh, and amazing stay got relationships with all of them to this day that's another thing too keep relationships with the guys you get keep relationships with the guys you don't because it's not about like i always tell people you 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 come in contact with me you got me for life it's not that i want something from you let's build a relationship for life whether you come to ucla where you come to Oregon state or not Boom! A lot of people are not like that, you know. There's a whole bunch of coaches who will curse you out if you don't come to their school, you know. Can't be like that. You just, it, it's just just not meant to be, you know. There's jobs I didn't get. Looking back on them, God was taking great care of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I interviewed at South Carolina State two years ago, and I didn't get it. Man, I'm much more happier here in L.A. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then instead of taking bye games and getting your head beat in, so and I really was crushed when I didn't get it because I was getting ready to go on campus, they were fly me out. The guy that has it now has a great res- uh he's from LA, but um, he had a great resume, he deserved it. and yeah. uh, But I was hurt. So I always tell people, when you don't get a gig, thank God, because it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now look where I'm at. I don't know if you see that yeah. scripture that's
0: behind you. Yeah. That, Romans 8, 28, yeah. you've, you've alluded to it a couple yeah. of times yeah. here. Yeah. Uh,
1: all things work for the good. That's right, so, all things work yeah. for the good. So I'm very happy where I'm at. Yeah. And i'm very happy trying to impact kids at campbell hall and right see so if you don't get it thank god because yeah. it wasn't meant to be uh, um so
0: ucla you had a great run yeah just uh amazing recruitment man mm. brought the the energy of basketball mm. back yeah. lonzo um you know i think committed as a freshman yeah I mean, a sophomore sophomore yeah um and so because uh, it was it kind of his dream like he always knew he was kind of going to ucla or I what do you think it was
1: i, I, I was with lavar a couple of days ago at lynnwood um it, 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 i don't think it was that i think lavar wanted to stay home yeah and um because to have all three of his kids there be able to watch the year Lonzo was there he never came to practice he never he was he was busy with the other two you know with mellow and jello and um so um uh, he had Darren Moore, that was a close friend, and Demo was the best, And um, but well, um, I think they wanted to, but they never they never said, that's my dream school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Alonzo uh, was quiet back then, you know, until um, you got really got to know him. Um, but they kind of kept it a secret, you know what I mean? But I jumped on him real early. I was actually at Oregon State when I first started recruiting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tope, I called down, I said, hey, because, again, we had to get on the plane. Called down, hey, I want to go see a couple older kids. I need to see a couple new kids. He said, okay, go see those older kids. Then when you come over to my house, we'll go over. And uh, this kid over at Chino Hills not far from my house because Tope lived out in Corona. And he said, it's Lonzo Ball kid people keep telling me about. I think he's going to be pretty good. So let's go check him out. So we do. I go drive over there and meet him over at Chino Hills walk in they were scrimmaging i don't even know if they ever did drills you know what i mean i think they just played you know and uh he's going up and down the court four times i remember on the fourth times coach steve bake blows the whistle go get a water break i said toba i've seen enough he's good enough to play at oregon state um let's go over there i'm gonna offer him a scholarship and i didn't usually do that but i just said craig will thank me later you know what i mean and um so I offered him a scholarship. I said, "Have your, have?" have I told Steve I couldn't talk. So right. said, "Have have have his dad call me?" And I wasn't. I didn't know it was going to be LeVar. and this was before LeVar was LeVar, right? Mm-hmm. So Lavar calls me. We start building a relationship, and as as we walked out to gym, though, I'll never forget. I said, "Damn, Toad, he's so good. I'm not going to be able to coach him at Oregon State. I'm going to have to get somewhere else." Mm. Not knowing <laughs> it was going to be UCLA the next year. so as soon as i get to ucla check this out though so i get to ucla now he's a sophomore in high school recruiting him steve goes and watches him one time i said coach you gotta offer him he's that good so he offers him and then it wasn't a little while later lavar calls me it's about 15 minutes before practice our practice and he says amen Lonzo wants to talk to you. I said, oh, man, Lonzo don't talk to nobody. You know what I mean? So Lonzo gets up. Coach Grace, how you doing? I said, good. I want to commit. I said, what? You sure? I said, he said, yeah. You know, like one word. One you're going to tell a lottery
0: pick, yeah. you sure? Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. he's a sophomore. Right, right,
1: right, right. right. So, and, 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 <laughs> uh, so I said, let me go find Coach Offer. So I go find Coach Offer, and I put the phone over, and I said, Coach, Lonzo Ball wants to come in. Coach Grace, and this is, I'm getting annoying. We got practice in five minutes. Tell him to call back. I said, wait a minute, this Lonzo Ball. He said, I told you. We got practice in five minutes. Tell him to call back. Man, so <laughs> I called, I, I I got and I said, "Zo, so can you call back in a couple hours? I don't know where Steve is. We're about to practice, so I'm sure he's gonna come in late and, and we'll be in practice. Can you call back? So he said, yeah. So I said, all through, all through the day the dad going to practice. I'm thinking he's going to change his mind. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm going to get fired for not bringing in, you know, somebody good, right? So I wasn't any good in practice. So afterwards he calls back. And then Steve didn't really see him like I saw him. Right. You know, because the head coach, he's doing other things. So Steve starts calling around after he commits. Steve starts calling around. Did we get the right kid? That's the paranoia of... UCLA mm. to make sure you get the right kid you know what I mean is USC on him stuff you know all kinds of stuff who else is on him which wasn't a whole lot of people really right he was sophomore yeah he's sophomore in high school so I'm like you're not going to take my word for it right you know what I mean is That's this your first year first year oh, okay first year I don't know him you know so and he was keeping me uncomfortable you know what I mean so the rest is history you yeah. know, and he comes, and we go thirty-one and five, break all kinds of records, right. and, and had a, cha- a chance to win, the, win it all. So that's we awesome. beat only team to beat Kentucky at Kentucky and Arizona at Arizona one in the same year. So yeah, that's man. what Tejo kind of love team that team. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's
0: why Aaron, Aaron uh, came off the bench. And, yeah, and he kind of started.
1: Another, yeah, with Aaron, Aaron had to score a lot in high school. He didn't have no help. Right.
0: So I don't know if you know this. I coached yeah. him his sophomore year. I didn't know that. Yeah, Eric Campbell yeah. Hall. I was an assistant coach, okay. uh, or the associate head coach at yeah. Campbell Hall for a year,
1: and Coach uh-huh. Aaron and so. So, you, so you're right. So you had to yeah. score,
0: right? Yep. Oh, that's oh, he was a bucket. Yeah,
1: he's, he's, he's junkyard a dog, man. <laughs> yeah. I love Aaron. Yes. And so Aaron comes in. Um, he has to score for us, too. And we go 15 and 17. And stress is in the air. Yes. You don't have losing seasons at UCLA. Yeah. At least back then, for sure. So, with stresses in the air. And then uh, Lonzo comes in the next year and changes everything with the pass. It wasn't, it wasn't, Aaron did the same thing, because a year later, Aaron goes to the draft. Right. You know, and they're both still in the league. So, uh, Aaron was amazing, you know, and a great kid. And I love him to death, but it just changed the whole culture with the past. And that's why I try to tell, my Campbell Hall kids, is we, you know what I mean. We used to have to tell Lonzo to score, right? You know, get on him to score, but that wasn't his mindset. And then Aaron saw that, you know, and Aaron was helping to score too. We started them both at the same time too, you know. You have two point guards on the, on the, on the floor, you're hard to beat, okay. you know. And um, we have that a little bit at, at Campbell Hall now. So, um, but. It, it was the dynamic of the past, yeah. the dynamic of the week. And everybody loved to, you know, with Lonzo and, and then with Aaron, they, they all got along. They all loved each other, TJ Leaf, They all hang out, EK Anabugo, who got drafted too, and then had surgeries on his knee. Um, uh, and the list goes on and on. Yeah. So that was a special group. Um, um, just amazing, amazing, amazing time. And the most assisted team in the country you know, that's, that tells you a lot. And real close f- from a couple points, percentage points, to being the highest scoring team in the country and to be able to coach that team. They did not, uh, they didn't play much defense, but we didn't have to back then. <laughs> we just outscored. First teams. one to 100, Yeah, right? yeah, Go. first one. <laughs> they played enough, you know, so
0: yeah. those are great times. Um, so you had small stints at Cal and Vanderbilt following yeah. that. Um, and what, what, what? Uh, your time ended at UCLA, yeah. you know, what was your, you know, your mindset going through that time and then mm-hmm. your smaller sense at Cal and Vanderbilt, your experience there um, being in Pac-12 again, but then mm-hmm. going to the SEC. Yeah,
1: the SEC, you know, the the, the slogan in the SEC it just means more, you know, and uh, I learned what that meant, you know, it just means more. Right. So take it for what it is. But I got to know Stack just um, one year at Cal. It was actually a relaxing year because i wasn't under the scrutiny of ucla yeah. i didn't know why king was going to get fired after only two years so and i stayed in the retirement system at cal and ucla because the same system oh cool yeah so i was getting invested you okay. know and um, so and my wife loved the Bay because we was in usf and um, just made sense stay in the pack you know go work for white king who's a great guy um they just didn't give him enough time we had players coming in i mean i had players right you know coming in we were we were going to load it up but just didn't have time i was only there one year then you know obviously i knew stack from uh stack was it was funny because stack would come into la i tried to get brandon ingram to come he stayed home okay so um, but me and stack stayed in touch and he liked how i recruited brandon so he would come into la because he's with the g league team and um, we would go to dinner, and I would say, Stack, man, you're going to play, you're going to coach college. crazy. I'm not coaching no college, <laughs> only if it's North Carolina, right? So the year after Cal, you know, they let him go, so we go to Final Four, so we all got to look for jobs. Right. Um, Lon Kruger at Oklahoma interviewed me, and I wanted to go work for him, Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had to wait for assistant coaches to leave. It one assistant coach was up for the Kansas State job. So he really thought he was gonna get it because he was helping him, right? So he said, Coach, I'd like to hire you if if you don't if he doesn't get the job. So now I'm waiting, right? So I come back from the final four, I'm watching TV and under the ticket it says Jerry Stackhouse, the head coach <laughs> at Vanderbilt. So I said, let me call this dude to mess with him, right? So I called him, he said, No, 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 Gracie, he picks up, Gracie, how you doing? I said, what, well, man, what, you know, I don't, he said, I don't want to hear all that. He said, what's it going to do to take you to get you off the West Coast? I thought he was just playing. So I said, what do you mean? He said, I want to hire you. How much are you going to take? I said, give me 340 because I know SEC pays, right? 340 and make me associate head coach, because I wasn't going to go over there in two years. Right, right. He'd give me a two-year, because he never coached college, and I don't, I know him, but I don't know him that way. And I got to send my family clean to Nashville. Right. And I'm from back east, so that's not easy. It's easy for me, but my family. So, um, give me two days. So I said, he's, he's playing around, you know? And um, so two days came back. He said, hey, I got it done. He said, I didn't get you quite three, 340, <laughs> but I got you close, right? Mm-hmm. I said, what's that? And then he told me. And he said, and I got, I said, the two year deal. He said, yeah. And the social coach? Yeah. He said, fly out here tomorrow. I said, wait a minute, Stack. First you gotta send the contract. He said, nah, man. I said, yeah, you gotta send the contract. I'm not flying out there. And then another thing, the school pays for me to go out there. He said, not nah, what I'm paying you, you gonna pay. So so I said, all right, cool. So I went downstairs, asked the wife, you wanna go to Vanderbilt? She said, sure. So I said, "Okay." That was the, as simple as the conversation was. Simple as the conversation. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. The money was good. Right. 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 You know right. what I mean? And she knew the business well enough. Where I was building my my resume, I didn't want to be known as just a West Coast guy because I, my ultimate goal. I was I want to be a head coach. Right. And and there's less universities out on the West Coast. Right. So you only get and then you you know there's never really rarely is there a West Coast assistant coach gets an East Coast D-1 job. Right. Now it's an East Coast D-1 assistant will get a West Coast job. So I needed to go over there. Now the search firms and, and, and the people making the decisions can't say, well, Grace, you're a West Coast dude. Wasn't no jobs open, or very few right. jobs. Open. Right. So they wasn't moving the goalpost on me no more. So now I got that, plus I'm associate head coach. Yep. So I go there. Stacks was great, you know, and... Um, hired like 14 people on staff and jockeying and all that went down and just because of the nba and he didn't know it was the nba now he's adjusted you know what i mean uh, yeah. recruiting was he didn't you know now he knows obviously mm-hmm. uh it's the sec man they, they ain't playing around over there right. so i go there my my covet hits we played the actual last game of COVID in college because we played against Arkansas in the SEC uh, tournament. We got beat. Then COVID hit the next day and shut everything down. Wow. So now we're in COVID. And my mother-in-law has dementia. Mm-hmm. So in Phoenix. So, and they owe me another year. So we went back to Phoenix. Greatest thing ever happened. Again, with description. Everything's for a reason. And greatest thing ever happened because my wife was going where I'm going and she wasn't with her mom Mm. and it allowed me to go back they paid me an extra year um and I spent time with with my mom with my mother-in-law before she passed so now she passes Mm. so now I'm looking for employment Um, pandemics COVID's about over with still here but it's we're back to normal again uh, South Carolina State opens, I'm going for that. My mom and my sister live in South Carolina, so I wanted to get back over there with her. And it goes well, search firm likes us. Uh, they said, hey coach, this weekend, we're gonna get you a ticket, you're gonna go interview in person. That Friday, they decided to hire the guy to get there now, so I don't get it. So, um, there was a D2 in North Carolina that interviewed me through Zoom. Wasn't really wanting to go there because the setup wasn't quite right. The, the AD calls me back, Coach, you're not going to stay. You know what I mean? You're going to go back to D1 as soon as you get a chance. I said, That's not true, but that was his belief. I said, Because again, I'm back near my mom. I'm not going to have to leave. And then uh, Centennial High School calls me and gets involved with high school back in Phoenix last year. And I, I wanted to coach. You know, I love teaching. So they, they, they offered me a substitute teaching spot and coaching spot. And we went to Final Four, lost by one to the eventual champs. So had a great year. Um, happy, got an AD and a, and, a, and a principal that I love. They're treating me right. Couldn't really pay me though. They could you know, make it 140 a day and a $4,600 stipend public school. Yeah. And I can't live off of it. So I'm telling them, Hey, get me a teaching job. Um, problem is, school's so good. Teachers aren't leaving. You know, so it wasn't really a spot. They're trying to, you know, they offered me the driver's ed teacher that made 25. So I can't live off of that, you know. So um, so then Dino Stragonis calls me. Hey, Camel Hall's open. I said, yeah, man, they can't pay me enough to live in L.A., you know what I mean? And um, he said... I know the AD and uh, tell you this is another thing about relationships. He said, Grace, I think you know him too. I said, I don't know who that is, Chris King. I don't know who Chris is. And um, he said, why don't you just check it out? So he, I'll call him and tell him you're going to call him. So I called him. We talked for a while. Then he says, hey, hits me back. I'd like to interview you. So I officially interviewed through Zoom. During the interview, I helped his son in his recruitment back when I was at UCLA. That was he was he's a good player. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't as good as UCLA. But Dino's called me a long time ago hey "Grace, can you call over there and help him?" I said, "Sure, I'll help him." Wow. And I didn't I forgot. So during the interview, he said, "Don't you remember you helped my son?" Now, I don't know what I said. I don't remember. <laughs> but you <she> helped him. <laughs> yeah, but I helped him. Man. And then Chris and I hit it off. I went to another round of interviews. We talked, and obviously I'm here, so. And he's amazing. You yeah. know, he's a great guy. He, he understands basketball, he played it. Yeah. You know, it's very important for young high school coaches and other coaches. You're only as good as your administration. You know what I mean? It's yes. just the way it is. And yes. I did my homework on Chris. Chris has been amazing. Our head of school, Jul- uh, Julian, uh, is um, Julian Bulls is his name and he's amazing too um and uh, it's been great so far so awesome yeah. Awesome. I
0: have to ask what was the the toughest part so it seems like you're building this career to be a division one head coach yeah and, and you know family stuff happens yeah and just COVID and you know yeah. sends us off for wait what's next right um what made the decision to not go back to division one
1: yeah you know I got tired of predicting my future because I was never right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought I was getting an NAU job, didn't get sniffed, you know? I thought I was getting other jobs, didn't get sniffed. Then I thought I wasn't getting a job and I get an interview, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I interviewed Fresno State, I interviewed at Santa Barbara, these were real interviews, yeah. you know? Uh, New Mexico State flew me in, so just for whatever reason didn't happen. You know what I mean? So when Campbell Hall came about, I didn't have no other offers. You know what I mean? So I wasn't seeking him though. You know, if I was seeking them, maybe I would have. Right. Because I got to the point where, let me just enjoy where I'm at. You know what I mean? I enjoyed its Centennial. I enjoyed working there. The people, staff treated me beautiful. You know, I might still be there if I could afford it. Just couldn't afford it. Here at Campbell Hall, I'm not calling people to be a head coach you know I'm enjoying the moment. If it comes and they offer me, I'd have to weigh that. you know what I mean I'm not looking for it. I know I'm happy where I'm at you know, I want to build a powerhouse at, at Campbell Hall. I want to I be able to have some roots you know therefore almost all of my life I've never lived somewhere more than six years since I was 12. so I've been moving. My whole life is good. We bought a house in Rehoboth. We like our house. We like the the location. It's near Northridge. Um, I'm happy at Campbell Hall, They treat me right. I'm not used with all these days off. We got a day off today, even know. I coached. You know, our coach, mm. you know we, we got Monday off. Had, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, used to that. yeah, you high know. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, school days. Are yeah, <laughs> summertime, man. I'm, I'm off. Like yeah. Chris said, Grace, go home. As I'm not used to being off. You know, ever. You know, yeah. I'm used to working so you know the high school there's a lot of great things about it you know i get to teach um, uh, when i say teach teach kids and and share my experiences you know i can tell uh, um, aaron powell i can tell him how it's going to be next year at cal poly you know what i mean i can give him those things he doesn't quite know or realize it but i said these are the things that's going to get you in the game because you got to get in the game because if you're not in the game, they might put you in the portal, no matter what it is. And you go in the portal without any stats. You know, now you gotta now you gotta hope people been watching you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's a business up there. It's it's a whole different world. You know, these parents don't realize that. Yeah. You know, I have parents calling me um, early. They don't do as much anymore. Uh, what division one school is my kid going to? Well, I don't know if your kid's D1 right now. Right. And you have the transfer portal. They don't understand that either. You know, they're taking 20, 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds. I told Aaron the other day, I said, Aaron, what if Cal Poly, um, after the season, gets a 24-year-old and he plays your same position, are you going to be able to deal with him? Or are you going to sit behind him? That's just as athletic as you, and he's way older than you, and he can get to the same spots you get to. Now, what are you gonna do? So now you need to learn how to play defense. You gotta have concepts, defensive concepts. You have to understand offense. You gotta understand how to be a point guard, yeah. and come up off of it when it ain't yours. All those things he's gotta learn, and he's doing a great job, and he wants it, you know. And and uh, he's gonna get there. But you have to tell him those things, cause I don't think other people are, you yeah. know. And he's been very receptive. Been amazing. You know what I mean? So hopefully that gets him to air. And then the other kids as well. He's just an example that I'm using. But a very gifted kid, very talented. Um, but he doesn't realize that could happen. Yeah, You know what I mean? And uh, I, I want him to beat the 24 year old. I don't want him to sit. Yeah. And that's where our relationship grows from there. I say, I want to see you reach your dream to the league, but you got to be able to get to Cal Poly and play. You know what I mean. 100%. And while you're at it, let's try to win a championship so you can put that on the resume. Yeah. You know that I'm, I'm, I'm a championship caliber kid. So, along with the, all of our uh, other kids. Yes, yeah, so, absolutely. You know, yeah. So Campbell
0: Hall has a rich history, right? Yes. Just Just basketball, the holidays. And, yeah. Um, you know, just players coming mm-hmm. through over time, and yeah. Um, you stepping into that legacy. You mm-hmm. know, like you said, you even know you know yeah. Toya in the holidays yeah. and recruited Aaron and yeah. like. Like so, you've been in that gym mm-hmm. before. Um, stepping in there now, with this generation, with the team that you have, you know, sure your, your first year, mm-hmm. and so you inherit some of the things, right? Some of yeah. the culture. You're developing the other part of the culture. Mm-hmm. What part are you looking forward to the most over the through the end
1: of this season? Well, as we continue to grow, you know, we played the roughest schedule, no doubt, probably in all of CIF. Um, and, and probably the country, as far as playing for state high schools and not prep schools. So, um, and we've grown from that. And we've, been, we've gotten so much better, not just on the court, but off. You know, Kids liking each other. They want to win. They were hurt last night on the two-point loss. The winward, we thought we should have won. Um, they, they, they were done last year at this time. You know, they were over in league. And they was ready to put the uniform away. Now they have opportunities to get to win the league still. If we, if we went out, do well in CIF, maybe win it, and then have opportunity to go to state. So the winning concepts, they haven't done that much in the last few years at Campbell. Understanding how to win, wanting to win as a team, um, getting the disease of me out of them, you know, and it's we instead of me. What can you do for the team? And learning those concepts as well. And then I think that helps you uh, later in life on and off the court. The disease of me, um,
0: explain that. Like, how do you get rid of that? So, it's not easy. Not when it's ingrained.
1: Right. You know what I mean? Uh, the bench helps. Put a kid on the bench. <laughs> yes. That, that, that really helps. You know what I mean? Especially when they're not used to having it. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the last resort, you tell them. You know? In all of my 14 years as a D1 coach, I never recruited a kid that didn't win. So mm-hmm. you got to do what's for the team to win. I'm not taking a kid that's not winning. I don't care how good he is. Because if you, if you, if you don't win, I, 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 you're going to get me fired in college. All right? I need winners. Yeah. I don't need, you don't have to score 24 points. You know, like I told the kids a uh, couple nights ago, how many points did you score last year against Brentwood? They can't tell me. And nobody cares, right? You know what I mean. But did you win? Did you win? That's who cares. And college coaches are looking for guys that win, make winning plays. We put, I played Andrew Powell against Brentwood. Never scored a game. Never scored a point in the game. But we don't win without him. Didn't score one point. Had rebounds, defended, guarded, and he made impact plays to win the win the basketball game. And that's what college coaches go to look for. Okay, yeah. if you score twenty six points and lose, this is another thing. If you if you lose the game, and then the next day you got a mixtape out, that's me. Because you're telling everybody in the world, hey, wasn't me that lost. It was my teammates that lost the game. Look at me. I hit that jumper. I scored twenty six points, but you lost. what why would a college coach want you? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's 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 me. Look at me. Now, if you win and you do the mixtape, you know we send it off to college. Just hey, are you winning? Are you winning? Are you winning? So that's what I try to sell to the kids because that's reality. That's reality. Lonzo Ball, how many points he scored in high school? Hell, the Miller School scored, scored all the points in Jello. Right. Lonzo didn't score any. Had a Ooh. lot of assists though. Yeah, and, who, <laughs> and and will go down as one of the best. Um, and there's been a lot of them, but he's right in there with the rest of the PGs to come out of UCLA. Yeah. Oh yeah. And didn't didn't have to score. You know what I mean? So that's what we. That's one of the diseases of me. You know, but it ain't their fault. Hell, heck, they they um. <laughs> you see it every day on social media. It's the society that we're in. It ain't their fault. Yeah. I'm with the kids. I'm teaching them, hey, let's put that aside. Let's put that aside. Get the disease of me out of me, and let's go weed, and watch it grow. You know, they were really hurt last night, they didn't win the game. That's the first time I've seen them really hurt, and that means we're growing. Yeah. That means we're growing, and I'm very proud of them. We've come such a long ways, and it ain't funny. And and. And they're really, really listening to what, I'm, what, I, what I have to say. And I tell them all the time, it ain't me, man. I'm learning from, you know, um, shoot. Lou Olson was a great mentor of mine. You know, he teaches me a lot. Taught me a lot of me. All my, my mentors in the Air Force, they taught me. You know what I mean? My dad, my, my, my mom, my, my family, my wife, they teach me every day. I'm just relaying it to you. It's not the right. David Grace disease of me. You know, thing is something that was was I learned, so I could share it to you, and they understand that. You know what I mean? Like Steve Alfred taught me a lot. Craig Robinson taught me a lot. Everybody's taught me a lot along the way. So, great mentors along the way: Boo Williams, uh, Atop, Onama. You know, we can go down the list. Um, the guy named Ron Goodwin, who was my supervisor in, at the Air Force Base. Tremendous leader. You know, his background is human relations. So uh, my last six years in the Air Force, I was human relations specialist. So I actually went to a really great school called Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute, where I learned human relations, you know. So all those things, I try to share with them and, and, and get that out of them and, and share the basketball. And that,
0: that's a little bit of a key to your recruit recruitment, too, is yeah. that training and yeah. that development in, inside yeah. the Air Force there, um, mm-hmm. where you, you're a human... A human specialist, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that connectivity, and yeah, all those things. That's good.
1: And 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 you know, as 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 we go, you know, that's 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 exactly what we're selling and what we want to do. Yes,
0: I have to ask this because I have to believe it's tough. um You did it at the college level. Everybody's a four or five star, yeah. high level player at UCLA, Vanderbilt, those mm-hmm. places um now you're at a school that has a lot of nba influence yeah. right you know yeah. every it seems like everybody's dad either that or entertainment they're yeah. high level mm-hmm. individuals how do you manage the parents and their expectations yeah. um with them being a part of the basketball
1: well, world I, I, I tell the kids um, you know your parents are highly successful you know they do an amazing job at what they do create your own path be you you know, if you want to go behind them um, as far as in their field, that's amazing. Do that. Um, that would be awesome as well. But also be you. You know, um, very highly successful parents. Um, I have great parents. I, I really do. That they, they understand what I'm trying to do for their children. At times they get a little, you know, we all do. You know, I'm a parent too. I would do the same thing. You know, they're thinking about their child, and I think about everybody's child. But for the most part, they're great. And just to really try to set a a picture for them to say, this is where your child is. Can we get them to here? Can we get them to here? Can we get them here? Do I know everything? No. But if you want to play college basketball, I have great experience of that. You know, because what I looked for in a kid... You want him to look for it in the kid and, and get them so and then we look about the different routes like one senior i have he's young he really really got a chance to be good um, but he should be a junior okay so i said you can go a couple routes you can go uh a preferred walk on get 20 pounds on you 25 pounds work hard in on in the USC, UCLA, or you know anywhere that's a high high level, and you might have a chance to play down the road. You might not. Mm-hmm. You roll the dice. Where you could transfer, okay, or where we can get you maybe D two. Get you in there. Put twenty five pounds on you, fifteen pound. I mean, twenty fifteen to twenty five pounds on you, muscle. You mature as a kid. You understand concepts more. You might want to stay there, but you might have opportunity to move up. That's right. the landscape nowadays. So let's build that. I'll call every college coach you want me to. Whether you think you know, one 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 parent wanted me to call um, Santa Clara. Okay. I don't think he's Santa Clara good, but that's not my point. Right. I'm calling him, maybe they do, right. and we get him in there, and I'm happy, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's happy. So we call, assistant coach I've known, head coach I've known for years, coached against Herb Sendik, uh, tried to get on Herb's staff a long time ago. So I call and, and they don't have a spot, but that don't mean they don't have a spot later because they have some transfers. Right. Right? So nobody knows, right? So, but he told me, he said, well, hey, we'll watch, we know who he is. They didn't think he's quite their level. As well, right? So that don't mean I'm not calling for them. So we're building those things, and if they want me to call Andy Infield, I'll call, you know, because that's my job to do that to help them get to where they want to get to. But we have to be realistic too. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. That. We have to. Yes. I'm not gonna call. Um, I'm gonna call over there, but I'm gonna say, "All right, Andy, this is how I feel. What about? What do you think? Stuff like that, and and, and go from there. But that don't mean they can't get there later, right? You know what I mean, and that's that's where we're at. Scottie Pippen Jr. Yeah, he's the, like,
0: oh, man, the jump from that kid's junior to senior year, yeah, and then college
1: to the NBA, yes, yeah. phenomenal. Well, I, you know, I got the coaching advantage. Yes, and yes. and I always tell people he's the best three-star recruit I ever coached. Just hmm. amazing, never got sped up. When I would. In practice, I would coach a team and stack would coach a team. I always wanted him on my team. And then we would talk trash to him the West Coast, East Coast, because we, <laughs> we had that little flavor going, right? And uh, Aaron Nay Smith, who's in the league, he would, he'd be there. But you just can, cannot speed Scotty up. He's going his pace. He's going to do it his way. and He's going to go. And I haven't seen his little brother, but uh, I hear he's coming on strong, too. Justin Cahoot. Yeah, you can It's
0: the same way. It's yeah. like man, like a
1: year ago, you weren't
0: even right. nowhere near what you're showing now and right. they just they just take that jump, man. Very so, true. Yeah. no, it's, Very, it's, very
1: true. They'll, you better go get one of them Pippins. That's right. That's for sure.
0: No, nah, coaches see the development, see where somebody's going to be, have yeah. those eyes to see um, that they can just get mm-hmm. better in a, in a small amount of time sometimes. Yeah.
1: You know? Scotty had committed to Vanderbilt before we got there through Drew uh, Bryce Drew and then, but he hadn't signed. So, as soon as I get the job. And Stack, he was the first kid we went to see to, to make sure he signed. And uh, then, you know, I had K.J. Martin commit, right. And then he changed his mind and went to uh, IMG, and now he's in the league. Yeah. So this thing if we'd had him, too. That would uh, have been fun. K.J., <laughs> a great kid, another great kid. Oh, yeah. Oh. A lot of people didn't see his potential. Yeah. You know, and then jumped out to gym but, you know, still learning still in the game, and now what he's doing in the NBA is amazing. So I'm really proud of him, too. But, yeah, we, we made that journey real quick to go get Scotty. Like okay. Because I said, you better get him. <laughs> yeah. Smart move. Smart move. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to move to the next
0: segment of our show called okay. My Rushmore. All okay. Right? This is your Mount Rushmore. It's going to be your top four coaches of mm-hmm. all time. College, college coaches. College coaches. Top four college coaches of all time.
1: Well, you can't go wrong with John Wooden. You know uh, UCLA Bruins, so impartial. You know um, I love I love UCLA. Uh, Lute Olson to do what he did. You know uh, never been assistant coach. Um, go and take Long Beach State to new heights. Get the Arizona job where nobody wanted it. You know what I mean? And change it into a national power what it is today. It, Arizona wouldn't be where it's at right now without Coach Olson. Um, partial he's a great mentor of mine and then and then you know um bill self is an amazing coach that people don't realize you know um just for have him to do what he does he he understands high level um coaching and he's done a great job at kansas and um, i think the world of him too and um, you know there's the the last one is this is so biased i'm i'm Bias in, in every in, in this because there's so many great ones, so many great coaches. So I'm kind of thinking of which one I, I want for for the last one um, to be. But um, you got to throw Rick Pitino in there, you know. Now, Rick and and Bill Self they've had some issues uh, <laughs> with with personnel. We're but, talking, uh, talking basketball, yeah, coaching, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basketball wise, yes. um, those guys win, man. Yeah. Uh, those guys win. look look what he's doing at st john's look what he did at iona uh look what he did at uh, louisville and kentucky and you know what i mean and you know all of those those four you can't go wrong with gosh gotcha. yeah so my mom's
0: yeah. a little different got some uh-huh. similarities but john wooden for yeah. sure like this yeah growing up knowing john wooden stuff uh-huh. and all that I actually coached with his nephew wow uh, yeah Tr- yeah Tyler yeah Browning. yeah yeah um and uh yeah, just I'm a big Wooden fan, just on yeah. life and his personal development mm-hmm. and how he approaches the game. Right, like I literally show the sh- kids how to put their socks on and tie their shoes every year. Wow, I'm just like, hey, yeah, that's, some, some that's, what, that's what he does. Because these kids, shoes, tie your shoes, kids. That's right. Very Please. true. Goodness Very gracious. True. Um, uh, two would be John Thompson. Yeah, because his impact on the game from a cultural standpoint. And, I I, um, I, I should have put him in there too.
1: He's he's amazing yeah I uh read
0: his book and man i I mean i knew about him but didn't know like mm -hmm. what he was doing at that time and the Mm -hmm. things that he was up against and um just breaking down barriers for for black coaches and um and winning and
1: you know doing it at a high level yeah you know i read his book too and it it really helps me winning off the court because he talked about that a lot on how he turned the program around georgetown because i was I, i lived in that area then right so uh um one of his players Jeff Bullis went to my my mom's high school so I followed him because of that but to 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 have the um the off the court talks in that book so when you bring it up you're right so that's that's good yeah yeah and then um I'm gonna go
0: with Roy Williams yeah so I lived in Kansas at the time when he was at Kansas be right before he went to North Carolina Mm -hmm. and then you know it's then in North Carolina um just yeah, I just, I like how he sees the game. Yeah. I like the pace he plays. I like how he let his players play mm-hmm. within that system. And, um, you know, did, did an amazing thing. Know a lot him, of pros.
1: I know him well. And he's been very nice to me. And he, he don't have to. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's a good one as well. And lastly, i
0: I'll probably have to go. It's changed. Because somebody asked me this question some months ago. But I have a little better perspective now. Mm-hmm. Um... I, th- I gotta go coach K I gotta go coach K just yeah his dominance of a blue blood right. over time um right. and um it just seems like those guys are close the brotherhood like that yeah. thing and that, yeah, that they're guy. they're a brand um yeah. just seems very strong and been lucky enough yeah. to be in the gym with a bunch of Duke guys and they mm-hmm. all are good people like right. they just are really solid humans and to recruit yeah. those dudes into play at that level and produce what he
1: did over the years, and he should be. I'm just I'm from Maryland, so Maryland Duke area. No, no, you good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's your Rushmore. That's, That's called right. my <laughs> Rushmore, not the, the Rushmore. But but you're you're, <laughs> you're so right. He does. He definitely deserves it on there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. All right, our next segment. I didn't tell you this earlier, okay? It's called Fix the Net. Uh huh. You get the ball here. You get to um, one thing that you that people either think about you or some. in basketball that you say you just want to come clear about you want to fix the net about
1: Uh, that's a good one i think uh you know i had have had success as a recruiter um so people label me that but i love x's and o's and uh, i like i I like to be known as a as a coach you know and um so like my staff, we go through scouts, we do scouts like, like we do in college and, and putting the puzzle together and the, and the game plan together and, because I used to have to do it too, you know. And then people would say, oh, Coach Grace, he's the recruiter. But they didn't see me stay up all night and do the scout for the game and get, and, and, and get scrutinized by my head coach, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, Dag on." They, they didn't see that part, so right. I'm fixing the net when it comes to... I I, I coach, too, more than yeah. just go get them. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's it. Dunk the ball, right, fix man. that net, baby. Oh, oh, see, oh, that's oh, oh. That was weak, man. There, <laughs> there, we there, go. We go. <laughs> there we go. I thought it was just going to slide off of there. There Absolutely. And
0: yeah. uh, this is where we flip the script. Yeah. You are now. This is your podcast. You got right. two, two questions for me. Anything in the world.
1: All right, so after... Um, Hearing my stories of, of being a college coach, I think um, well, you do amazing job in your, in your area of, of, of middle school kids, and, and you're still around the high school level, um, and you do amazing job with that. But would you still like to go when if, if your family wanted you to do it, would you still like to be a college coach? Never in my never. Ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the plane trip one, just like Yeah. The my quality of life is so important yeah. for me. Um, and it would have to be after my kids are out of the house. So not right. within the next sixteen years, I would not want to be a college coach because right. of the commitment to that uh Jay Hart right um so Jay Hart Jr was in my program right and so I met with Jay Hart when he was at USC and it was like right right before he got the G League mm-hmm. actually and he was interviewing for head jobs as well right and I had talked to him about this I was like man I think I want to get to the next level he said nope said I wouldn't even do it mm-hmm. he's like why would you leave a space that you're so great at right he said you are great in this middle school space like, we right. need people like you yeah. here that's what you need to do he said i always got you i'll always take care of you but you're not gonna coach college yeah it's like all right well (laughs) (laughs) and that from that that point i was like yeah i'm not probably ever ever coaching college yeah um high school maybe one day yeah nba is all you know being an nba being in the nba somewhere not necessarily yeah. coaching, but in some capacity mm-hmm. always seemed fun. But yeah. college coach, absolutely not. <laughs> More power to those who have done yeah. it and those who will. And I, yeah. yeah, not for me.
1: Right. What What brings you the most joy of basketball? Oh, man. The most joy of basketball.
0: Man, there's so much. Um, I just i love to see people improve mm-hmm. and i love to believe in people's potential mm-hmm. and so seeing somebody who knows very little about basketball has very little skill and mm-hmm. taking them to a place where they're confident and playing to their fullest potential two or three years later mm-hmm. i i bet my money on kids like right. i have tell coaches like okay you see him right now and they're in their eighth grade and they can barely walk and chew gum and i'm like he's committed to the gym I, you you're going to want him right and eventually seeing them go to college or right. being that dude and there's just been multiple you know where coaches literally are like oh, I can't believe Todd thought this I'm like mm-hmm. yeah he's a senior just wait till he goes to junior college right because like, the work ethic and, and right. seeing the potential in people and mm-hmm. seeing them grow is amazing because I don't think anybody believed in me like that right and so I'm like and I got good like I was a late bloomer I didn't get right. good until I was done I was 22 23 right and that's when I got good at basketball, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the guidance that and the information that I have right. to give to a
1: kid. Right. Crazy. That's the key right there. That's
0: yeah. it. I got the guidance. I got the information. I know how to get you from this point to the yeah. next point. And yeah. so please give me a kid who doesn't know how to do anything at
1: 11, 12 years old. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing feeling. You know what I mean? And you just sit back and say, wow, you know, that's yes. that's that's great. That's yeah. great. You, you know what you need. We, we got some more? No, you got, if you have another question, um, so,
0: yeah. I would say also just getting buckets on people still feels good. <laughs> I, still, still feels, I still hoop, yeah. yeah. I still hoop, so.
1: <laughs> um, what player you think you made the greatest impact on? That's a great
0: question. There is a lot. The greatest impact? probably uh Roman Fisher plays for heritage Christian right now Mm -hmm. he's a junior um Roman's been with me since his seventh grade year but he held back in seventh grade during COVID Mm -hmm. during that time as well so um and it's basketball great Mm -hmm. life the kid is super focused um he recently got baptized like a a few months ago um The things that I tell him, the information I'm giving him, I see, I saw a lot of me in him, mm-hmm. right? That I'm able to give him that guidance right, to get to where he wants to be right now. And he's just a great kid, awesome family. The mental focus mm-hmm. is on a different level. He eats good already, he doesn't party and do like, he's just so focused on basketball and his dreams and right. his goals and treats everybody nice and is unselfish on the court. and. Right embodies all that. And so just because i and just I'm around him all the time. Right. He, he wakes up with me to go train at 5 a.m. Right three days a week, at least like right. just those little things. And so um, probably the biggest impact both on and off the
1: court overall. Right. So, oh, that's big yeah. Time, I'm looking forward to seeing if we play.
0: Yeah, Yeah. No, just awesome. to say hello to him. Okay. I want to see, I, I hope, by this time this thing comes out, yeah. Heritage will be playing Campbell Hall in the playoffs, yeah. I right? You're 2AA, your right? Every, yeah. Yeah, yeah I need to right. see that. Need that fade. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> a lot that. of fun. Yeah, a lot absolutely. of fun. Um, yeah. So this is a 24-second shot clock. That's your camera right there. Mm-hmm. Um, just let the people know where to find you and any message that you have or anything for them to look forward to.
1: Okay, you can find me on all my socials. You know, I'm I'm on social media and also through Campbell Hall. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm here to impact others and help others along the way. You know, and just just have fun going about doing it and share the experiences that I've had with others. So um, that's me in the nutshell. Appreciate all it, right, man. Thank you for coming on the all show. Right, man. Appreciate it. That's all we have
0: today, folks. Peace.